Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the very first edition of the MMA on the Island podcast. My name is Joe Frescott, joined alongside Aiden Williams for the very first edition. It is the pilot episode, folks. It's one of those things. We talked about it for a long time. It finally got out of the group chat. Aiden, I couldn't be happier to be here with you I today. couldn't be happier either, Joe. This is exciting stuff. I'm ready to get this going. Yeah, man, and before we, we get started, and there's a lot to talk about, UFC Charlotte was a widely successful event on numerous fronts, so outside of just the fights, the attendance, everything from the fights to just everything in between was fantastic. And But first, let's, let's, I would like to introduce ourselves a little bit. So my name is Joe Frescott. I'm a junior journalism and broadcasting major at LIU Post hoping to do something like this full-time for a living one day. That's the dream. That's what we're shooting for. And it starts, this is one step closer here today. Um, Aiden, grateful enough. Thank you so much for letting us use your basement for this oh, episode. Man. My pleasure. Um, you know, the the set is a work in progress. So of course, it looks a little, it's a little, um, I, don't, I don't know, what's the, what's the right word to, to describe what we got here? I guess a little makeshift. Makeshift. A little, yeah, little like makeshift. Little got, makeshift. The, got the foldable table, you know, but, but. It's a work in progress. I'm telling you, once we get a couple months under our belts, this will be, it'll it'll look like as professional as it gets. But Aiden, uh, I'm going to introduce myself. Uh, what about you, brother? All right. I'm Aiden Williams. I'm 19 years old. I attend uh, SUNY Nassau for nursing. Uh, let's see. I serve in the U.S. Marine Corps as well. Semper Fi. Oh, yeah. Um, started getting into MMA not too long ago. Yeah. I, I've been watching the UFC for quite some time, so it was only inevitable for when I, you know, started doing this stuff in real life, and I'm excited to talk about it, started excited to do it, and can't, can't wait. Let's get to it. Yeah, man, absolutely, and, you know, speaking of, I just started training as well, Aiden, as you know, uh, we've been wanting to train for, uh, oh, it feels like, like two years now, uh, ever since I stopped playing football in high school, I was like, I need to get in the gym, I want to start training MMA, and uh, finally able to, we, we, sh- we shared a class last fr- uh, Friday, was it? Yeah, Friday. Yeah, Friday. You know, great time. Shout out Long Island MMA. Yes. Le- Ryan LaFleur's gym, former UFC fighter. He does a great job with a lot of those guys. He and yeah. in the future, we will have guests. We would like to get a, a bunch, start with a bunch of those guys from Long Island MMA and then branch out further as the show grows. Uh, but for this episode one, for the pilot, we're going to keep it simple. It's just going to be me and Aiden tonight talking UFC. And with that, let's talk UFC let's talk Charlotte. UFC. This past Saturday, what an event! And what an event it was. You know, it really didn't feel like a, a fight night. The atmosphere felt like like a pay per view. I, I don't know about you. Might as well have been a pay, might as well have been a pay per view. The the fights on the main cards were great. Almeida, Gary, uh, who else was on there? Almeida, Gary, Moreno, Moreno, yeah, a bunch of guys. Part. Oh, how but, could I forget Matt Brown as well, dude? Matt Brown, the knocked goat, out the first, the pre- prelim prelim king. But if, in terms of attendance, USC Charlotte was sold out in the highest That's attended yeah. um, event that was not a pay-per-view, um, uh, was just a fight night in the UFC's in- entire history. And there were seven finishes on the total fight card. Yep. And Dana White was grateful enough to give five post-fight bonuses awarded. And that was the most ever for a single fight night. So just overall a really outstanding event. And I want to start with the man that you just talked about, Matt Brown, getting the first round knockout yeah. against Mr. McGee. What? That was that was a knockout. And I, as you already know, he tied Derek Lewis for most knockouts in UFC history. Yeah, 13. And I don't, I don't think he plans on stopping anytime soon. Well, that, we'll see. But well, well, yeah, that, well, we will well, see. We will he see. is 42, 42 years old and he's 42 still kicking it, man. Old. He's still kicking it, man. 
And you talk about 13 finishes. I mean, granted, he's had 30 fights in the UFC. I don't think that's the record, but, I mean, it's it's certainly no, up there. It is. I and, think Jim Miller has it. Yeah, Jim Miller does have the record. But his is, I think he's in the mid-30s. I don't, I don't know if, if, if uh, Matt Brown's going to be able to catch him. Yeah, I don't know. Miller, yeah. I think he's at 36-38, so we'll see. We'll see yeah, how Matt Boy Brown, keeps man, going. He looked good. And he even did. in that first round before the finish, he was piecing up. McGee on the feet. I mean, obviously he did have the striking advantage there, and and coming into the fight that was kind of clear. But uh, just a clean right. I mean, it wasn't even like any of those looping shots. It was just no. a straight right hand, and it connected, and it, it was just it was beautiful. To there watch. was a, a clip of him saying that from the moment the fight started, when when his opponent was throwing the uh, his the right hand, that he saw the opening for the for his jab, and it, and it connected in the second round, and. Oh man, it yeah, was, it, was it, was yeah it really was, and and that was the that was just the prelims. So so Matt Brown really kicked it off and set the tone for what this fight card was going to be. And next up on the main event card was Brandon. Uh, no, not Brandon Moreno. No, um, the heck is it Moreno's? Alex Moreno. Alex, Alex Moreno. Moreno. There you go. Versus Tim Means. I knew Tim Means' first name. I yeah, Alex no, Moreno. I'm thinking. I'm thinking me. of the, uh, the 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 champ right now at uh, 125. Brandon Moreno, uh, well, that's Brandon gonna be an exciting Reno. card. Who, who, that he's he's gonna be fighting at UFC uh, the, uh, International Fight Week. Yes. Oh man, he's trying yeah. to get that trilogy. That is that is gonna be a phenomenal fight. Him versus who is he? Alexandre Patoja. Yeah, Patoja. Yeah, Patoja. Patoja's beat him twice already guy. too. I know, I know. Well, There's a lot of history. Moreno's there. evolved as a fighter, man. I mean. Yeah, but I mean, listen, we we saw what happened in in the the, the four fights with the. Um, when Moreno and Figueroa, I mean, those were yep. just all great, and every single one was different. So it was. you know, you think Pantoja definitely going to be confident going in the fact that he he's should already be. had it, but the clear cut I mean, Brandon Moreno has really elevated his game to like an, a, the next level at this point. And you saw what he did, right? He called out uh, after Cejudo lost to Sterling. He called him out too. He wants that fight in Mexico at 35. That would be a big fight. That would, that would be, be a big fight. I would, um, although I think Cejudo responded and said, we ain't fighting in Mexico. Yeah, no, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Probably funny. a good decision. Probably so. a good decision. Um, but Lex Tos, Alex Moreno getting a second round sub with 209 left in the round. Uh, it was his seventh pro submission win in his 18th right. UFC fight. And it was really just a perfectly executed performance from Moreno after a very, very competitive first round. It was. And it was a good get-back fight from him as well. He lost to uh, Santiago Ponce Nibio in his last fight. So he needed this against the veteran Tim Means. You know, Means is coming off his third straight loss. But, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it's still a great know, fight overall. And and Tim Means is a guy that he's, he's really been a UFC veteran and he's been like a staple of the organization. But yes. he's never somebody who, through 27 fights, now 39 years old, excuse me, Never really kind of got, you know, himself going outside of just, uh, he was never really in the title picture, but he was always a guy that was, you know, he was ranked at one point and he's always been a staple of the organization, but after dropping his third straight, especially in that fashion, that was a perfectly executed uh, guillotine on the part of uh, Moreno, just to to recognize the situation and, and see the takedown coming. And, and get that get the guillotine. It was just perfectly executed. No, honestly, it was a good setup shot yeah. too by means. And then exactly, yeah. Uh, Mor- Mor- Moreno spun around and he caught him with the guillotine. And yeah, before you, you know, the fight was yeah. over. I mean, it's 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 one one when you're taking a guy down in, in an MMA fight. Obviously, that doesn't apply to wrestling. But you no. know, if you're jujitsu and you know and and competing MMA, you got to make sure you you, you protect your neck because as soon Absolutely. as as soon as anyone gets taken down, I feel like in in the the in MMA just in general. 
the first thing they're doing is they're, they're just shooting that guillotine yes. immediately. Yes. It's just it's just straight like to the guillotine. Instant, almost. Yeah, because yeah, it's like it's kind of like that bailout, you know, choke where it's like, oh, I'm in a terrible spot, but if I can get his under his neck, then it's wrapped. And he did. But uh, Moreno, yeah, exactly, and he did. So absolutely outstanding from him. And Moreno is a guy who's kind of he's got kind of up and downs in the UFC career. He has but a solid record though. It, it, Twenty-three and eight professional record. Yeah, that's that's so not that's, that's not bad. Tough, and, no. and, uh, yeah, he's and he's getting up there to the point where he's you know almost like a veteran. I feel like I remember a couple of years ago when he came in, especially when he beat Cowboy a few years yeah. back. He was like a guy that was like, oh, you know, on the rise. But then he had a couple of losses in there. But now finally on that winning trajectory once again, and I'm excited see. to see what he does. He's That's a so very well-rounded fighter. You know, he has a a lot of uh, wins via TKO, submission, decision. He's, he he's very well-rounded. Yeah, so he's a he's a guy to look out for. And the, and for the next fight on the card, the 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 uh, the second fight on the card, it was it was Olberg versus. And I apologize if I say this wrong. Potiera? I think that's how you say Potiera. Yeah, and these two guys coming in, Potiera and Olberg, were two guys that I've re- generally never heard of. And I don't want to call myself a casual by any means. No, huh? please. Call me casual too. I no, have never heard yeah, of them. Yeah, you know, I've, I've never heard of them. But, you know, upon more research, o- Olberg, I mean, really fantastic. KO, TKO. And he's a guy that is um, kind of on uh, a good tra- trajectory yeah. here. And with that win, I mean, it was really like a, a blink and you missed it. I don't it know was, if you watched it. What was it, special it was... about his win, too, is he stopped the fight himself. Once he saw his yeah. opponent was out of it, he told the ref, and then the he, fight he was, was over. Like, he was like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. and that's honestly... Respect that's to the fighter, though. I, that's what I'm talking about. I love when, you know, fighters, you know, have respect. I, I know there's those those special circumstances where you got, uh, you know, a big rivalry. And like like Masvidal Askren, where, where Asvidal just rain, rain oh shots gosh, on his head man. after when he was unconscious. That's personal beef, but like for for you know it's MMA, it's a, it's a sport of respect at the end of the day. You know yes, you're yes. fighting for a living. You know these guys are prize fighters; they're not just fighting just to fight. No, that's how how they put food on the table. So for him to you know get the really nice finish, which was a nasty left hook, you know kind of like off his back foot. You know he was kind of he was and and I feel like that was the entire round. He was letting uh, Potier come to him and and just really that that counter left put him to sleep. And when I first watched it, 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 it and I don't know if, if you agree, but I didn't even really see the left hook. I didn't either. Until, yeah. I didn't blink and replay, you miss it. You know, this yeah. promo, it really was a, a blink and you miss it finish. And so Olberg, a guy that I think he, he might be ready for I think um, so. that top 15 competition. I think maybe I believe, one more fight till he gets that top 15. Yeah, I believe but, that was his fourth fight in the organization and his third finish. So, and Potier, is not, he has a solid record as well. So he's not no... No, you know, he's not no fighter slouch. or anything like he's that. He's not no slouch. So, so I mean, we'll see. I like him. I like him going against uh, Jimmy Crute. I think he's ranked 14th right now. That's not bad. Yeah, that's and, not a bad. And match especially up. in in the division, and, and we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more about um, potential matchups. Potential yeah. matchups later in the show, but Absolutely. when you look at the light heavyweight division, just in general, it's very, very uh, top <laughs> heavy. You know, and it is. and it is very open at the top. You know, uh, Jamalai Hill, the Sweet Dreams Hill, is the champion. <laughs> But I think there's a lot of guys in there that are, you know, just really good fighters. And I think, like, the, there's, like, that top, like, six to eight that's, like, quality. But then after that, I mean, after that, you man, look at the rest, and it is wide open. It is. It is wide Especially open. Especially with Poetan moving up, too. That's going to create a lot of chaos in the yeah, light division. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I'm and now, man, I, I could. I, I love that, man. I'm really excited to see what he looks like with more size now. And, and you know, and that's only going to help his chin even more. Yes. Uh, when you talk about Poton going up in yeah, division, absolutely. And he's a guy that I, you know, I could see fighting uh, one of those top six to eight guys. He right will. There's the no, bat. there's no way. He's he's fighting a guy under, I would say. Well, 
Walker was ranked seventh going to this fight, so I can only imagine Smith is going to drop down to seven. So I don't see Poetan fighting any le- less of a caliber fighter. So I could see him fighting Walker potentially, but that, that we'll would see what be, happens. See, that would be a very interesting Set him fight. up right for a fight with Hill, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, Poetan's a guy where it's like he's not really um, – he's not like kind of a young guy coming up because he has no. such a long kickboxing career. So it's like – it's kind of like it's like a Michael Chandler situation where it's like it's you're, he's a guy where you know he he you know you know the road's gonna end sooner rather than later yes. so it, it's a you know it, it's gonna be more for him to you know get as as fast as he can get to the title as possible. I mean, look at his best bud though, Glover Teixeira. He won the belt at what forty two years old, oh, second goodness. oldest fighter to win it behind yeah, Randy no, Couture. Literally, I mean, so, oh Randy Couture, that that man was uh, he was a legend. I mean, he's a legend, but he's yeah. just he's one of a kind in terms of his ability just to you know. Um, and even Glover too. Just I don't know how these guys fight at so old, right, being so old. Man. You know, and 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 Matt Brown at, at 42 still knocking people out. Dude, it's special. elite fighters. It's, it's it, you know absolutely special. Yeah, I mean I know. Um, there's just there's just some people who are just special athletes, and and uh, I feel like I mean most of these guys. If you're if you're a ranked UFC fighter, you're, you're a special athlete. You're special to be. But if you're yeah. still fighting at 42 years old, that's a that's a whole for world level. titles too. For a whole not for world out. title. Oh, it's, it's ridiculous! It's ridiculous! It's awesome, man. It's ridiculous. And now we got into the top three, which was a lot. Of what most fight fans, I feel like, you know, around the MMA community, were buzzing about, and that was the Daniel Rodriguez versus Ian Gary fight. Rodriguez <laughs> came fight, in. Man. Yeah, man. Me too. And fifteenth uh, ranked fighter. So Ian Gary finally getting. His shot at a ranked opponent, and oh my goodness, oh my goodness, dude, dude he, he looked, looked good. phenomenal. I, I, he looked phenomenal. And you know the crazy part is, I, you know, I had such high expectations for Daniel Rodriguez, and I, I had, you know, I, he's a really good fighter. Yes. Like you know, I can't put anything past him. You know, I, I think of his, the last fight. I don't know if it's his last fight. It's the last fight I remember watching of his versus Lee Ji Jang. Where yes. granted there was a little bit of a size difference and weight difference because mm-hmm. you know it, that, that was, was the a catchweight fight, right? At yeah, 180. Oh, because the whole Shemaya yeah, card. Yeah, Shemaya yep. missed weight like oh, an idiot. Nine and a half pounds, dude. That, that was bad. I still think that's set up. I, I don't know about you guys. I think that was, that was still that was I don't, dude, the way he was laughing it off afterwards, you know, man. Like yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like he, he gave Dan. You know, and Dana was a little too cool about it. He was because he's somebody that gets heated for for something as unprofessional as that. He was. Well, yeah. you know what he did, though? I don't know if you remember this. When Neil, uh, Jeff Neal fought Shavkat Rachmanov, Neil mm-hmm. was over by five pounds, and he actually got the fight of the night bonus, too. So, I don't know, man. It all depends on circumstances, I guess. But nine pounds, that's almost an entire weight class above. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, but back, back to this fight, and I, I want to I uh, put a little bit of a clip in here, and we'll play it right now, of Ian Gary. He was on a podcast, and we'll, we'll shout it out yes. um, you know, when, when I play the clip. But he was on a podcast, and he actually called his shot for that right head kick. Let's take a look at what he said. The following audio that you will hear was taken from the Ringer MMA show with interviewer Peter Carroll talking to Ian Gary. This is the first time in a while where I get to study. Like, genuinely allow my brain to do what it fucking does, which is just be so intelligent. This is why my fight IQ is so much greater than everybody else is my brain will just tick. And I've already got the map in my head. Like, I can tell you that, I can tell you how I'm going to knock him out. Do it. I right want to hear it. Kick. Right high kick. Oh. And anything else, PT, I didn't mean. If I knock him out with anything else, I didn't mean it. That's the only shot I want. That's the knockout I want. Right high kick. I want him stiff. On oh his back. Well, what a scene stiff. that would be. What a scene that would be in. And Aiden, I mean, for a fighter to just 
call his shot like that. Like, you literally told uh, the podcaster that he was going to hit, uh, finish him with that right head kick. And granted, he did. And, oh, set up perfectly. And granted, he did say that he was going to, you know, knock him out cold. But that shot was. But that head kick was, was the beginning of the end. It's yeah, not, exactly. Rodriguez was already falling to the mat by the time he was finishing with the ground and pound. Yeah, I mean, you know? yeah, and and it's something where you know Gary, he's very high confidence, and mm-hmm. he's somebody who's like, um, you know, there are some people, you know, will say a little arrogant, a little brash, but he is one of those guys where he's a guy that the the UFC likes and one of those you know special talents that they push. Yes. Because they have a few of those guys. And he's one of them, but I think he is by far, in my opinion, the most capable. And he really showed it on on uh, on Saturday night because because Daniel Rodriguez, he made Daniel Rodriguez look like uh, he didn't belong. not a top. Yeah, no, he didn't belong. No. He didn't belong. No, that's ex- I couldn't have said it by myself. He did look like Daniel Rodriguez did not belong. And Daniel Rodriguez is a top fifteen. I think he's very clearly. I mean, he granted he will lose his ranking yeah, he because will. of the loss. He will. But he's a top fifteen fighter at that weight class in the world at this point. And Ian Gary made it look like he wasn't even on the What I like there. about Gary is, you know, a lot of people, they like to compare him to McGregor. He's one of two active uh, Irish fighters, obviously, mm-hmm. McGregor and himself. Yeah. But after the fight, Gary was talking about his seven-fight plan to a, a shot at the title. You know, so and he's I think that was his fifth fight in the UFC already. So he does not want any shortcuts by any means necessary. No. So I got you got to respect the kid for, no. you know, the work he wants to put in and... The journey to the top, and I'm looking forward to watching it as his fights progress. And oh yeah, and, and in the in that post-fight press conference as well, he called out Neil Magny. Neil Magny, and that was something that really shows, um, you know, Ian Gary's character because he's not he's a very, although he you know he's very confident fighter, but he's very um, you know he's very intelligent and he knows what fight would be best for him. Yes, and a guy like Neil Magny has come to the point, and I I feel like we're going to talk about this term a little bit more later. Uh, excuse me. Got a little burps here. I had a, a little bit. I mean, I would say I did too much to eat today, but I didn't eat anything. Yeah, so, man. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I think I worked out too much. I think so, man. You, you two, worked two, hard Two hours of leg day in the morning and then uh, three <sighs> hours of MMA at night. It was just, it, it, it's, been, it it's been a long day. It's been a long day. But, um, you know, when you talk about the, the term gatekeeper. Yes. And I think Neil Magny is one of those guys where he's like a gatekeeper into the top he is. 10. I think he's ranked 10 right now. And it's uh, perfect. I think Magny's 11th. 11th? 11th, yes. Oh, yeah, but right, he's right in that mix. He's in that cup. Like, yes. Where he's like, okay, you have to beat me to get to the top 10. You know? Yes. <laughs> so it's like, and Magny, actually, he just finished D Rod in their last fight. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he submitted him. So yeah. that, was a, that is a very smart move by, um, it is. It really by is. Gary. But I don't know if you know, uh, Magny's fighting in June against Eric Rowe. Who really? just fought against um, Eric Rose? Good too. Eric Rose, just another. Fought, oh my God, Nico Price, who's fighting Lawler at uh, International Fight Week. Oh, that's gonna be so a great. So we fight. don't know. Rome might take that top eleven spot. I'm yeah. hoping he doesn't, just for you know, for yeah, Gary's sake. If, if Neil Magny wins, it would be an even better fight for him. I didn't even know Neil Magny had a fight lined up. I just I, saw this the other day. I looked yeah, it up. I, well, I think I think either way, I think um, I think it'd be perfect. I think would be Gary perfect. Gary if. I think he should fight the winner regardless of either. Oh, absolutely. We'll talk about the the matchups that we would like to see later. Absolutely. But I think that's that's the the, the ideal scenario for him. But next we got into the co-main event. Oh. And this is one where a lot of people <sighs> were were excited. It was a big test for the man Johnny Walker against it Anthony Linehart Smith. And Dana wasn't happy about about and the I, I performance. Could, I can understand his frustration. I can. Yeah. A lot of Walker's uh, performance was leg kick dominant uh, oriented. I mean, granted, you know, it paid off. It played, Played off greatly, but yeah. especially towards the end of the fight, you could see 
that Smith, he just didn't want to be there, man. Like no. he he was falling. Like, well, his legs were. T- oh my god, no, they were damaged battered, brutally. Yeah, he's a guy who who fights. Pri- you know, there's some guys that do switch orthodox and southpaw, but he's yeah. a guy that fights primarily orthodox, and you know the legs hurting. It's like a mm-hmm. the biggest talent in all of uh, of of MMA and and just sports in general is when a guy's fighting orthodox, and then all of a sudden you see him switch. And, and he switches, and he switches to southpaw, and you could tell every time and he switched to southpaw, he was so uncomfortable. It's not not a position he's really ever in, yet that was what he was doing, and yeah. it was just, it, it's um, you know, it, I personally, you know, when I saw that Dana wasn't impressed, I was a little, I mean, granted, you you, you care as as a promoter about the of excitement course. of the fight, of course. you know, you want to make sure the fights are exciting, right? But and that fight was by no means exciting. <laughs> but <No. laughs> Johnny Walker, when you look at his career trajectory, yeah. I feel like, and he's a guy that, that trains out of the same um, gym and the same coaches as Connor. He's a guy that early on in his career, he was he was like an elite athlete, you know, one yep. of those top 1% athletes in, 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 uh, in the sport, but he wasn't very composed. And he, he got himself hurt, you know, um, one time just celebrating after a win. Yeah. He blew out his shoulder and had to sit, sit out for, for almost a whole year. So a guy like Johnny Walker to come in against a guy like Anthony Smith, who's an experienced veteran, I think he's on his way out. I think he's, I he's think a so very too, he's a very good, um, you know, commentator and he's very yes. good uh, analyst. So I think that's more his future rather Absolutely. than fighting. At least that's just in my opinion. No, he's, I, I he's would only agree too, man. So he's he's very he's very too. young, but for Johnny Walker to go in there and execute a game plan that is just light kicks, you yes. know, like kick light kick heavy oriented, I'm super impressed with the. I game. am too. You could tell. How much he's matured over his last yeah. few fights. Yeah. You know, he's not doing anything outlandish. He's stuck to his mm-hmm. game plan. And I and think the, the, the scorecards were two, uh, 30-27s and a 29-28. So yeah. he dominated the fight. And I, I'm I'm looking forward to see where he goes next. Yeah, and I'm not sure where the 29-28 was coming. I mean, personally, I thought Walker I thought won. I could see why. I thought that second round was close. I thought Smith was being a little more active. Yeah. But I thought maybe uh, Walker's volume paid more. Yeah, I think it, it, I think that second round was by far the closest round. And the third was. was when Walker completely started dominating with those kicks. Smith really had no answer. I would have liked to see him get the finish I in that situation. So. I, he was being hesitant. I don't know why he yeah. was hesitant to finish it. I don't know if it was out of respect. I but don't know I, what it was. I think I think it's you know I I think that's another thing that's a testament to his maturity and growth as a fighter. Because yes. when you when you think about you know it, if this was Johnny Walker a couple years ago, I'm not so sure that maybe he does get the finish. But he puts himself in the line of danger because I feel like a lot when he get when he would get guys hurt. You would see him like charge, you know, or try to throw something wild and looping and expose himself. Yes. And that's when he got hurt against uh, the the current champion of uh, that division, Jeremiah Hill. Where, you know, I think I think he actually had Hill a little bit on his back foot, but then when Hill hit him with that right, he went, you know, oh my that, that infamous clip where he went, whoa, it went back. It was it was great, but no. yeah, you could look, you could. Uh... Couple of Walker's previous uh, previous finishes against Paul Craig. It, not to say it looked sloppy, but it was just you know, just, just you know, technical. Exactly. Same thing against Ryan Spann. So to see how he went into this fight, you know, and stuck to it, stuck to his game plan. Stuck to a game plan. Okay, that, you know, that you have to be impressed with that. That's what I'm saying. Three fight win streak. Yeah. I I could see two more fights away from a rematch with Hill or whoever the champion will be at the time. Right. And so. I think yeah, Walker now puts himself in that top five conversation in the light heavyweight division that. Like I said, it's very top heavy, and he's one of those guys that's kind of with that we've been waiting to see grow and develop. And now that his development is, you know, where he currently stands, I'm really excited to where he goes Absolutely next. He's no. he's a type of personality too that could really make to be. Like he is. A, I started to like Walker, man. I, I see some clips of him. 
like uh, I don't know if you've seen the one clip, but it was like in the middle of a round, and then he just looks at the camera and smiles and stuff yeah. like that. Like he's a goofball, but he's a good fighter. Also. No, he's, more importantly, yeah, he really he's 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 definitely a goofball. That's a, that's like the perfect term to describe it. But you know, and he's a guy that like you know people gravitate to those kind of personalities, yes. and he's somebody that it's like if he's able to keep this winning streak going, you know, he could be a guy that the the UFC really pushes because they push absolutely. certain guys. Absolutely, you know, there's guys that they absolutely push. Um, in terms of promotions or push up in you know when rankings and and fights you know they fast track some some individuals for all these different reasons. But Johnny Walker, if he can get himself, I think honestly he might be one really good. If he's able to finish somebody in the top five, I could see very well the UFC you know pushing somebody like that because I think Johnny Walker could headline a card if he's the challenger. So you think he's fight. one fight away from a title shot? I think it depends on um, the quality of win. Okay. I wouldn't say it, it. I mean, I think it has to do a little bit with opponent. And yes. again, we're going to talk about our future Absolutely. matchups um, well, in a bit. Well, so honestly, that's not that's yeah. not a bad idea. It's not a bad take at all because you look at the top five, right? Ankalaev and Blahovich. They just both fought, and that fight yeah. ended in a draw. So th yeah. those are the yeah. two and three ranked guys. And they should probably just run it back. They should at that point. <sighs> yeah. No. You know I mean, what? For, for a draw, you know. I, I know. Like, it's, it's like I feel like it's the only right answer. It's like you, yeah, you have run to it back. Man. And you then Alexander Rakic. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right. He's ranked fourth, and I don't know when he's coming back. Yeah. So, Walker, yeah, one quality win. I, I wouldn't be opposed to a title shot. Yeah. I mean, and again, uh, Jamal Hill, does he have a fight right now? Who? Jamal Hill? Yeah, Jamal Hill. There, There's talks for uh, him and Prohashka at UFC 292 in Boston. Yes, they're waiting for Prohashka to come back. So, right, I, I like Hall. Uh, Hall, Jesus. I like killing that fight. I do. Really? I do, man. Wow. Especially with the layoff wow. Prohaska's had. Oh, man. Prohaska's so good. He I is. Can't, I can't wait to see the guy that I'm like, because I've only ever seen him um, fight, I mean, not like live like in, in the stadium, but live just like on the TV. Um, not, I haven't really seen him fight that much, you know, live. I've only ever seen a couple of his fights. That Glover fight. I, I remember I was at a party. I was watching it on a on a on a illegal stream on my phone, <laughs> and I couldn't look away because that fight was absolute fireworks. But I think I think I think Yuri might. The have reason it. I think Yuri might have his number. That's a debate for another time. But I think yes. Yuri might have the his only number than that. quick uh, harp on this real quickly. The only reason yeah. I like killing that fight is you look at the difference between the fights they both had with Glover. Now, when Hill fought Glover, it was 50-44 unanimously across all three judges. That was. Granted, you know, Glover got his hits in, but overall, start to finish, Hill looked flawless, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go into the fight with Glover and Prohaska. They had Glover winning. I think two of the judges had Glover winning on that card. And then yep. he went for the takedown instead of the finish in round five. And that set uh, Prohaska with that rear naked choke in the uh, fifth round. So Yeah, and that was such a surprising thing. It was. Man, I was really rooting for Glover, man. Oh, me too. Oh, me too. I love Glover. Glover's, yeah. one, of my, Glover's one of those guys that... When I first started watching the sport, I was like, oh, man, he's like, you know, he's he's never, he was somebody that was always in the mix, but never got to that ultimate goal of yeah. becoming a champion. And that, when he went on that, the, the most recent run when he won um, the title against Jan Blachowicz, I mean, I was just, I was jo joyed to see to see that. And, so you know, man. he gained so much of my respect. Not that, you know, he uh, my respect. Exactly. Needs anything, like, he needs our respect, like, right? <laughs> I mean, who, he doesn't need our respect. He's a, he's a world champion and Absolutely. one of the best fighters to ever walk this earth. But, Absolutely. I mean, just uh, a, a fantastic fighter at, at that division, at that weight class, and really an, an all-time great. And that, that weight class, especially, you know, with a potential, well, not potential, with the Poetan move, 
that weight class was starting to get a little dead, in my opinion. Yeah, you no, know? absolutely. I think like heavyweight still needs a little bit of fire. I think Johnny Walker is one of those guys that could bring potentially that, bring that, yeah, know, bring that excitement that back. Because you know, class. after John Jones left, it was kind of like, I mean, I, I like Jan Blahovich. I thought he was a great fighter. I thought he did great against Izzy, and you know, but he's kind of been on a skid, and then he yep. got Yuri out a little bit, um, you know, with with that injury. So now you got uh, Jamal Hill, who's the champion right now, but. I don't think anyone's truly convinced that Jamal Hill is the best that they that that there is at at, um, is. at, at listen and I I I I think he's he's anyone who doesn't think he's in the top three is ridiculous yes but I think that you know but there's, there's, there's still questions there's still questions yes so I think I'm excited to see where the light heavyweight division goes. But let's go a little bit, a little bit higher, and a little bit more of those little bigger guys, you oh. know, the guys that don't gotta cut weight. Yes. Now let, let's talk heavyweights now. Almeida has, he doesn't have to cut a single pound. Oh, dude. Oh, oh my uh, God. Almeida that kid has a future. Struck. He is shredded to the nines. Jeez. If oh I could, if gosh. I could look like that man, that I would is my be, ideal. If I woke every day, looked at him, looked like him, I would be, I would be happy. Oh, oh my let's gosh. Be honest. I would never complain again in my life. <laughs> I mean, you don't have much to complain about, oh, anyway. but <laughs> but let's go to the main event: Almeida versus Rosenstruck. And Almeida oh, just I get chills. Dominant his name, man, he is just a dominant. stud, absolute stud, and yeah. he was a minus five hundred favorite going into that oh, fight. So yeah. I don't think anybody expected a different outcome. Like you, like uh, what you call it? As I reading these notes, yeah, Almeida sub round one, three minutes and forty three seconds in. You know, Almeida's game plan across, I think that was his sixth UFC fight, has mm-hmm. been constant. He takes his opponent down, he either puts him in a rear naked choke, or he finishes with a ground and pound. It's yeah. remained constant as he's progressed through the rank in the competition. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for where he's, he ends up. He's a guy where it's like, man, how, you know, like, he's, it, it was such an exciting uh, a finish, and it's just dominant from start from the from the opening bell to the the the, the submission in, in less than a round. And I saw a graphic, and I I just added this this in because I saw it. And of course, me and uh, Aiden both MMA nerds, so oh, we're always looking at these stuff. kind of things. I you know, I, I half of my feed, I would say at least seventy five percent of my feed is MMA. Absolutely. Um, but he has only been hit in his six UFC wins nine, nine times. times. I'll say that again. He's fought six different people. He has only been hit nine times. That's not even two strikes a fight. That's not that even two nuts. strikes a fight. That's less than two strikes a fight. Do oh you understand how ridiculous that, that is? That is unheard of. That and in and, and, and a heavyweight division, I mean, granted, it's heavyweight, so, you know, the, the talent level, I feel, when you look at top, like, I'm talking bottom barrel of the roster to top of the roster, I think is the weakest, and it's always been the weakest. Yeah. You know, no, heavyweight's always been so. a top-heavy division in just MMA in general. Um, but, oh my goodness, to but only be hit nine times. I know, that's that's insane. But Almeida, he also, he just had a catchweight fight at two, 220 pounds. I think mm-hmm. that was two fights ago. Yeah. So he could fluctuate between heavyweight and maybe potentially light heavyweight. I don't know if he wants to make that cut right now. Why should he? He's, you know, out yeah. based on the way he's dominating. But And I'm pretty sure that, um, you know, speaking of the weight cut, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it was the weigh-ins or the day of the weigh-ins, but I know that Rosenstruck, Truck had a thirty pound advantage. Thirty four pounds. Thirty four pounds. Yep. And now we're at the weigh ins. Huh? Am I mistaken? Is that the weigh ins? That was, or was the that at the fight. No, that okay. was at the weigh I know they, they they do weigh them at, at you know fight night as well. Yes. But at the weigh ins, have a thirty pound advantage. You got to think Rosen Truck's putting on more weight. Yeah. Whereas Almeida, he's not cutting anything. He's just you know in freaking oh rollick great shape. I mean, he's a stud. If he could honestly, if he wants to be 
you know, I mean, I mean, granted, I don't even know if he needs to do this, but if he put on more weight, more size, even like ten pounds, he doesn't need to have a drastic. I know, yeah, ten pounds, and and you know, and it's it's tough because uh, again, you know, with with MMA, you know, with with just or just in general, when you have more muscle mass, you're generally going to be weighs you down. Yeah, and and you're going to get you know tired faster because you know the blood has to go to the muscles. I mean, you've heard the analogy a million times. They talk about it in every broadcast when a guy gets tired. Like all oh, the lactic acid build up in the muscles, and thinking you know, then they they think they're scientists. They're not. Um, they don't know how, how that sports science stuff works. But um, you know, anyway. But yeah, again. But it, it is true. With, with the more muscle mass you have, you know, the, the it's more oxygen that has to go to you know into the blood and, and fill those muscles. So it they get tired faster. So it, it's it's a slippery slope. But I think he definitely does. He could put on a little bit more weight. He could, especially with those bigger guys. I mean, they're all weighing oh, two sixty five. Yeah. But oh yeah, you know. And we'll talk about this later, like you said. But with the potential fight with potent, uh, with Blades, or you know maybe Spivak or Pavlovich, like those guys are heavy hitters, yeah. big wrestlers. So we'll see what Almeida does and the weight he puts on as the time goes on. But I'm looking forward to watching him. Yeah, man. So so for our very first edition, um, and you'll get the routine once you watch every episode because you're yes. gonna want to. It, it, yeah, it, you're gonna what, want to. What, what else do you have to do? What else do you have to do with your time if you're an MMA fan? Then watch us talk about it because you want to talk about it too. And if you want to get in on the conversation, Hit us up. you know, comment down below, send us a DM, whatever you got to do. We would love to talk to you, and we'd love to have people on the show. If you want to Absolutely. talk MMA, we'd love to have you on. So we live for the stuff. We appreciate. We. I mean, I didn't want to put it like that. Ah, it's, I'm true. Sorry. it's true. It's I true. I can't help it's it. It's true. The, the truth hurts. He, it does. Aiden was Aiden was nice enough to say. It. I didn't want to say we live for it, but ah, every every I'm Saturday when when there's a fight card on, that's I, I don't want to do anything else. It don't matter if I'm in public. No. The, honestly, I don't know if you, you agree with it, but at the amount of time, uh, the amount of times where I'm just in public, and it's mostly MMA, honestly, but it goes for for other sports as well. Where I'm just like, I'll be at like a social event, like I'll be hanging with yes. friends, or I'll be with family. And I'll have a fight card just on my phone. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're not alone. You're, you are you're not alone. It's every single time. Like it's it's like clockwork for me at this point. I'm like, all right, there's a UFC fight on. Um, let me turn on the ESPN. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know. Just sucks though, especially on the Saturday cards when it's a fight night. The times change too. You know, you oh, got it for yeah. 3 p.m. 10 That's p.m. That's why. Yeah, I didn't know um, about the time. Uh, the times was three o'clock because I was working, and I was like, you know, and my shift was 11 to four. And I, I'm starting to get the notification that fights are starting. I'm like, oh my goodness, no way! So you know, I had to watch it. I was you know, like, I'm in in public situations. Same thing happens for work. I'm not doing anything. I'm you got to throw it on, man. Post that bitch up right there. And I got to you know watch it. Absolutely. But you know, but yeah, but with these times, like three o'clock, it, it's annoying. Dude, it's, it's annoying. annoying. It's annoying. Honestly, I wish that they had every fight night, you know, kind of at like seven. Imagine like yeah, your main seven would be like that'd be perfect. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Saturday yeah. night, Saturday evening, seven p.m. Oh, dude, gosh. because you're done. That then the fights are done at like nine nine yes. thirty, and then the boys get to go out. They had a card. Get better. That is true. It doesn't they, get better than that. That doesn't get better than that. When Lewis fought Spivak a couple months ago, mm-hmm. that main card started at 1 a.m. Who was up at, I mean, listen, oh I gosh, might be yes, up at 1 a.m. I, I remember that. But you know, oh you want to know what that, what that was? I don't know if you remember, but that fight that fight was actually supposed to take place in... Um, January, I think, right? Was, oh, was it January or December, and then it got pushed back a Well, few it was supposed to take place, I don't remember when, but I know where. It was supposed to take place in Japan. And it was supposed to take place... And so, and they had, and they purposely stacked the cards for you know when they do on location of course events they stack the cards with um, especially out of the country with fighters that are in that um, you know in that country. So if it's a fight in Brazil, you know fight uh, fight card in Brazil, a lot of Brazilian fighters fight. Yes. So that fight card was a lot of you know Asian fighters, 
um, you know, Japanese, Chinese, you know, uh, whatever the case may be. Yes. Japan's a big uh, freaking, what's it called? Oh, my goodness. Nation? No, no, it's, uh, uh, I'm blanking. This is bad. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I would go back and I would, I would fail first grade ge- uh, geography. Oh, geography. What oh, is it, what is it I don't called? even want to think about that. It's not, is it a continent? No, Japan's not a continent. It's a no, but it's like, I'm, we're gonna have to we're gonna have I'm to gonna, look this up. I'm gonna, we need to fact fi- check ourselves. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna figure this out. What is, what is Japan? Okay, no, it's just Asia. I'm I'm thinking of Asia's Asia. Asia's the continent. Japan. I keep saying Japan, thinking I'm saying Asia. See, this is this is really bad. This, this is, is really bad. bad. I'm I'm embarrassed personally, as somebody who's graduated top thirty in their class in high school, not to flex, and then um, now has a four point in college. I, uh, I to, to not know I was talking about Asia as a continent. We can memorize the rankings. I we don't know our continent. To all of my Asian people for for generalizing you guys all of Japan. I'm an idiot. But <laughs> no. let's continue. Let's continue. And let's pivot. But that was it. Was it was all Asian fighters? Yes. So, no. So that's you, why yes. it's one a.m. That rings a bell. Towards that. Uh, that makes that, sense. That Asian audience, not Japanese. Joe. God damn it. Okay. So. Let's pivot here, and every every week with the 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 main event, obviously we're gonna go we go through every single fight, but we want to give our, our own performance of the night cards. I know Dana gave five of them. We want to give a little yeah. bit of our own, and they're a little bit different than what you see. So I well the first one we got the biggest stock risers, the guys whose stock I think rose the most. And for me personally, I'm gonna go with Carlos Alberg mm-hmm. because Alberg was a guy coming in I didn't know him. Aiden didn't know. I can attest to that. And he was he was the third fight, a uh, second fight on the card, yep. and he was fantastic. Now he pushes win streak to four with three straight, and he's a New Zealand native. He fights out of city kickboxing along with Izzy, and what he, better partner he's a guy that I thought, yeah, and he's his training partner. So you know he's a guy that's you know seeing the best of the best. He is. every single day, and at 32 years old. You know, when I when I was originally doing my research, I'm like, man, this dude definitely gonna be his mid twenties. Thirty two is a little old. No, it's not young. Yeah, no, not young, not young. But I think now is the time for him. He's a guy that, you know, in the same way where Glover didn't get his title till forty two, and I think that's more John Jones than anything else. Yeah, um, I would agree because he's just ridiculous. Um, I think at the same time, I think maybe he's hitting his stride at thirty two. I think maybe this is this is he's he's you know on on that trajectory. And I think he's ready for either a top, uh, a winner gets a gets a, a a spot in the top fifteen, or just a um, or or just a, a top you know fifteen top fighter 15 guy, fight, who, yeah. a ranked opponent. But I think Absolutely. you know Carl Solberg with a fantastic finish, blinking he missed a KO. He's my biggest stock riser. And you know what he was, he was in. Uh, I was debating between him and Ian Gary, but I I, I can't I can't resist Ian Gary, man. Oh, this man. guy impressed me like we mentioned the entire night. You know, especially with in Gary's last fight against uh, Song, ooh, I don't, I got Kanan? Song Kanan, yes, I don't want to, you know, mispronounce it. I read, I read your notes, don't worry. All right, thank <laughs> you. I, I'm not I even reading my own notes. Top of my head, don't you? But worry. yeah, uh, Kanan knocked him down in the first round, and then uh-huh. Ian, you know, he picked it back up in the second round and finished it. So, from him to have that, I don't want to say slappy performance because he ended up finishing, but I guess a slower start to just dominating a guy like Dubai, like we mentioned before, like really, he he matured a lot in this fight and he just showed the potential he has and he's only 25 years old too like oh, man. i don't think people understand how young that is to be oh, a to ranked be in, fighter at that yeah. age and for his fight iq 25 years old to oh. have that level of fight iq it, it's insane it's 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 very impressive i'm i've been i i mean i we're, we're we've been shouting praises all shown we're going to continue yes we will but he's 
he's one of those prospects that I think is 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 legit. You know, I, I think, think so of too. guys. You know, I think of guys being pushed by the UFC. You know, I think obviously Connor's the the, the company man, but you got to think of guys like Patty. Um, oh, Patty. Even yeah, back in the day, a guy that we're gonna uh, preview his fight a little bit um, later in the show, Edmund uh, Shabazny, and I don't know if you remember him. He's another one of those guys um, that was kind of you know pushed by the company. You know, the, the young guy that looked like a young phenom. Um, that ended up not really making, um, you know, being as legit as we thought and had a little bit of a stumble on the way. But Ian Gary, I could foresee him um, going undefeated and becoming uh, a champion. Cause you think he will he'll remain undefeated to the title shot? I think I think he could. I think he's that good. I think good. he could. I, I think really he think could. he's that good. And it, it, I just I was just so impressed. Yes. But, no, uh, I was too, man. You he... know, on the, on the flip side, you got to talk for the next one. Biggest stock fall. Um and uh, we agree, Anthony Smith, Anthony man, Lionheart, uh, 54 pro fights at 34 years old. He's only 34 years old. That's, I, I looked that up the other day. That's I thought he was like crazy. 38, maybe, yeah. 34. Yeah, he's young, but, I mean, gosh, you, you, you look at his record, you wouldn't be able to tell. Like, no. It's ridiculous how many fights he's fought, and now he's lost his last two. Um, 36 and, and 18 professional records. Yeah. I mean, that's and, not... And you, you, you wrote as well, four of eight in his last, since that last title fight, which was a close fight against John Jones. Um... But, it, you know, it, at, at 34 with 54 pro fights, he, it looks like he's just lost a step or two. I, I, I agree. You know, he with this loss with this loss and his previous loss to Ankalaev, I don't know. We need a miracle for him to re- have a, a career revival this late in his career. Yeah. I don't see it happening. I don't see it. I see him becoming, do. not to say the next Masvidal, but we saw how Masvidal, after his devastating KO to Usman, how he oh, lost man. to Colby. Lost to Gobert. He just didn't have that same spark, as he mentioned in his post-fight interview. Uh, post in the Octagon, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. I think Smith's on his way out, like yeah. another fight or two, and stick to the broadcasting, man, or commentating. Yeah, man. He's yeah, he, he's, he's, he does, he's great at that. I don't know if he's done any, um, uh, you know, in the in the booth calling the fights, but I know he's done a lot of analyst work, and yes. he's he's one guy. He's very good. He's very good at what he does when it comes to the an, an, an analysis. And his last wins, he you know he had a two fight win streak prior to the two fight losing streak, but they were against Jimmy Cruz and Ryan Spann, and those are two guys that let's be honest, they're not top level competition. They are not. They're not. So like, when when I'm looking at Anthony Lionheart Smith now, I, you know I I can't see him as nothing more than the gatekeeper. No, and he's the gatekeeper. I honestly might be generous because I don't know who he honestly I don't know who he's, who he's gonna fight and win in his next fight. He's just he's going down, man, and it breaks my heart because I like him as a fighter. And as an analyst and analyzer, but yeah, and I mean, and it's just it's tough to see these guys, you know, um, and fighting such a tough sport with that as well. Like, because I could see Lionheart fighting until he's forty, because he's one of those. I mean, and I don't want to see him fight no, until he's forty, dude. but he's like it's someone that like I feel like he 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 doesn't have any quit in him. And After as that we saw on Saturday out, night, he was his leg was battered, just just destroyed, and he was and he. Wouldn't, didn't quit, you know, he literally at, at one point, he, he tried to get, he was on the ground, he was trying to get uh, Johnny Walker to go to his guard, because he didn't want to get up on his leg, because yeah. of how beat up it was, and that's like, the, that's the biggest tell of them all, if you don't even want to stand up on it, yeah. but like, you know, he's he's just such a competitor, and, it, and it's tough, you know, you see even, you know, anywhere from the top, tippy top of, you know, MMA, you know, UFC, obviously the, the most premier organization in the world for the sport, but just across all organizations and anywhere down from that top to the regional scene, it's just tough for fighters to just let it go. You know? I know, it is. And, it, and you know, it, it, I think it's tough for all sports, but for some reason, fighting, they, people always think they still got it. <laughs> I know. So now, let's go to the finish of the night, 
And I'm going to give that to Ian Gary. He called his shot, and it was just an overall striking masterclass. And he showed that he was levels above a top 15 fighter and veteran yes. um, in D-Rod. So, finish of the night, I mean, you know, you could go Almeida. That's where you went. I, I went Almeida just because the way he's... The way he's dominated his fight has not changed. And against a guy like Rosenstreet, like, he was 10-0 and 0 in the UFC, and he's obviously, you know, had a little downfall recently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Rosenstreet was ranked number nine going into that fight. You know, he's fought veterans like Nganu and uh, a bunch of guys he fought. A bunch of guys he's fought. He's fought, yeah, he's fought pretty much everybody there so, is in, in that thing. And he just dominated. Like, it's... Yeah. And it, it's so impressive, too, that he knew the game plan going in. Yes. Like, Ian Gary called his shot of what it was going to be, which is very impressive. It, but it for, for, for guys like Almeida, and it reminds me, you know, of I mean, it's, it's an easy example when you think of, like, uh, Khabib, I of somebody know. who you know what he's going to do. You know he's going to take you down. Same thing with Almeida. You know he's going to take you down, yet you can't stop it. That's dominant. What, yes. That's what's the, special about that's Almeida, special too, dominance. with his win against Rosenstreich, his professional record improves to 19-2. and two. With 19 Crazy. finishes. Crazy. 19, I Wait, think he's, never, a, he's never gotten to a decision? No. I think that was his 12th to 13th uh, submission and seven TKOs. Like, wow. this guy is oh, a stud. He's legit. He's he legit. Is. Heavyweight division, you got to watch out. I know. And and finally, to, to round off our, our four performance of the night bonuses here on the MM, MMA on the Island podcast, we got fight of the night. And this one, there wasn't any, like, real, I feel like, three-round to no. five-round, like, scraps that were, like, like fantastic so me and Ada we agree Murano yes. versus Means uh, it was a round two finish but it was an exciting round one it was and when you look at the prelims as well I, I didn't see the early prelims but I did see the, the most of the, the main prelims wasn't really any other fights um, the fight with uh, Cody Stateman was very well I thought Cody Stateman won that fight that, that's one thing wasn't it a split decision or it was um, yeah I think it was a split was decision split? but I, I, I didn't agree with the decision because I yeah. was able to watch that whole fight and I I thought that uh, statement did get the better of, um, I think it was Deandraj. Yes, think I think that, that, that was the last yeah, name of who he fought. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I thought statement won that fight. And that was a good competitive fight. So that was my probably second. Okay. But, but, but fight of the night, I mean, Moronovers means gave us two rounds of great action. Yes. Yes. And, and I think the main card, there was four finishes. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, four finishes. Yeah, four, four out of so, five. I mean, so so now to just give, give us overall big general takeaways for UFC Fight Night Charlotte and I mean when you look at this this fight night man for it to be a fight night it was such such a special fight night it you was. Know, and uh, such a success and for it to be sold out like that I mean it UFC was. definitely got to go back to Charlotte but they you know what they got to do honestly Aiden and I um I'm a big fan uh shout out my boy Ariel Hawani um, I know, love Ariel. He's, he's, Ariel's a great guy. I don't know how anyone can hate the man. No. You know, he stands by what he does, and he does have a great relationship with the president of the company, oh, which he makes his living off of. Uh, but, you know, just for, you know, uh, I think a fantastic journalist and someone I look up to. I think that what, uh, what um, using the, the Vegas, uh, the Apex, that's what I was going for, the Apex. Using the, the Apex, I thought, was great during COVID. And the fact it was. that it was to bring it back in that contained environment was fantastic. But now that we're not in the pandemic anymore, I feel like these Vegas cards, when you have a fight night with a crowd like in Charlotte, it's just it brings a whole different energy, atmosphere. I think the the, the fans obviously love it because they actually go to the events, and I think fighters can feed off that energy they in can. the arena. So, I mean, I, 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 I get it a convenience for Dana White and the UFC, but 
Ulysses Charlotte is just another reason why they need to do more on location. Yes, night. and I think that was their first time. I could be getting the uh, the dates mixed up. Yeah. But I believe that was their first time fighting in Charlotte in, in, the, uh, in three years. Yeah. So it's been a while. And to come back to Charlotte and like 18,712 sold out, gate over 2 million. It was a successful car to say the least. Yeah. So I could see them going back to Charlotte in the very near future. Exactly. And, and you know, I, I think of just next week. Um, you know, we'll, we'll preview this a little bit. Derns versus Hill. Um, oh, not God. that it's I might need to send a long to wake up to that. <laughs> it's going to be a tough fight card for us fight fans to get through. But there's a lot of, you know, exciting young guys on the car, a lot of prospects. Those, yes. are, those are the ones that are, those fight cards like that for the true MMA fans. Yes. So I'm not saying those fight cards where there's not a lot of high profile names like they're on this one. Um, to, to have it on location. So I'm, I'm fine with that one being in the Apex. But when you have guys that are, you know, high caliber guys. Um, you know, they, there was three fights in, in that fight card that had that were ranked fighters. You know, the top three were ranked fighters that were big, big. Um, you know, big, they big impact on each of each of the three uh, divisions. So, you know, th- those type of fight cards, I don't want that in the apex. I want no. fans in the arena. I want that because, I mean, at the end of the day, when when you have a you know fans in there, I, I mean, I get the, the advantage of the apex. You get to see the fighters fight. You know, it, whatever. There's a couple. You know, and you hear every every strike. You know, but but I mean, it's just and it, it's a smaller cage as well. I just I love I love the the on location fight nights, I, and I that's agree. one of my takeaways. But another takeaway, um, Ian Gary, he will be a future champion. I will die on that hill. He, he will. will be a future he champion will. one day. What I think he could personally has the potential to go on like a, a you know a Conor McGregor esque run where he just doesn't lose and then wins the title. But um, at the same tough. time, I, I could see him being such a guy because of how young he is and how big, uh, how how great his fight IQ yes. is. Yes, and you look at the top of that welterweight welterweight division, right? Chimaev, him and Kamaru. There's speculation that they might be fighting. That's the fight to make. I don't. That is the fight to make. Dana wasn't too happy about that. I think he said uh, there's a stipulation where they'd have to fight at middleweight. So. We'll see what happens with that. We'll talk more about that. Oh, because is is Dana no longer trusting... uh, I don't know what's going on. Say that again? Is he he no longer trusting Shemaev to make welterweight? No, I think he said he was going to give Shemaev another shot, but I don't know if he thinks that fight would, you know, cause chaos in the division. I heard him say something like that. But look at the top of the division, right? You got Leon's a champion, and then you got Kamaro. He's 35 years old. Colby, who's looking to fight Leon, hopefully by the end of this year. He's 35 Bolaw's 34, Gilbert's 35. So these guys are older, yeah. you know, older fighters. Gary being almost an entire decade younger than them. It could be his division for a while. And um, Yeah, absolutely. I believe so. Absolutely. He's the young guy. I don't think oh, any of those guys want would want to fight him. No. I mean, I don't think he's ready for that kind of level competition. No. I think I think he's I, the ideal scenario. He said seven fights and he's on five, so he thinks that No, no, no. So it was seven starting with D-Rod. Oh, yes. So okay, I like that's that. Which, it's a very like small, that. you know, progression. But I like that, which is I like why that. Neil Magny made. Some, I think the winner of Neil Magny versus um, Eric yeah, Rowe. Yeah, for Eric Rowe. Um, I almost said Phil Haas. I got. I got to look at <laughs> uh, But between Eric, uh, him and Eric Rowe, I think the winner of that makes perfect sense. Then, then he, you know, gets a, a guy, you know, in, in the in that bottom level, that eleven to fifteen range as a fifteenth ranked fighter. Yes. In the in in the class. And then he moves up to maybe Slowly. someone in that top eight, you know. But then, you know, I, I like it. I like I Gary's plan. And I think that by the time he does get that title shot, if his seven-fight plan goes well, I think he'll be well ready for oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah, by that point, that. he'd be what? He's 13-0, and 0, so 12-0 now, excuse me. 18-0, and 0, potentially getting ready for the title shot. Yeah, I think seven fights. If, if he wins 
three, I think Dane is going to want to give him a really, like, a top two or three guy, yes. and then maybe, like, or a title limit. I think it depends on how, like, his wins are spaced out. If he wins three in a row, he'll be right. fighting a top five. And, guy. yeah, and there's so many other factors, like injuries and Absolutely. stuff like that, that all play into it. Um, but next, I want to go, uh, you know, Johnny Walker. Uh, actually, you, you had one takeaway about Ian Gary as well. What, what, what was that? Him being the closest thing to McGregor? Yeah. Yes, and I say that, like I mentioned earlier, him being one of two active U.S. Uh, Irish UFC fighters. He doesn't have the, the talk that McGregor has. No. Frankly, nobody, nobody will ever have the does. talk McGregor has. You, you've seen the clip? He's as good of a talker as he is a fighter, yes. honestly. Oh, uh, he is. But you know what? Gary is starting to back his mouth up, and we saw that this past weekend, yeah. and he won't be McGregor. But he definitely has the fighting skills, the IQ to be... I think the closest thing to and McGregor. Com- and confidence to it. The confidence, confidence is too, so man. Key. Confidence is so key. It is. But next, you know, we talked about this a little bit, so we don't got to get too much into it now. Johnny Walker's uh, maturity and development, I think, is extremely encouraging. And it I'm is. just happy that he's, as such a talented guy, it's really refreshing to see him, his growth and his yes. development. Because you don't really see, I feel, with a lot of these guys, um, you know, like, some of these guys, they don't really develop. You know, they're, they're that same fighter, you know, whether they're just a one-trick pony, whether they're really good yeah. at, 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 you know, like stand-up or boxing, kickboxing, whatever the case may be, or they're very good at, you know, jiu-jitsu or something like that. Um, but, you know, Walker was always a guy who was very, um, you know, very exciting, very flashy, had very good stand-up, um, but he's, you know, developed great rest, uh, wrestling defense, which we've seen in his last few fights. And he's obviously really matured in, in his striking and really honed in in his skills. So I'm really excited to see. Um, yeah, I think Smith only landed one takedown on him on like three or four attempts. So I know, the defense yeah. was there. And, and Lionheart, that's something probably coming in that was a game plan. You know, yes. Well, John Walker down. John Walker did not make it easy. And it's so hard to take him down to Walker being 6'6", 205. Such a great, he has such a long frame for that weight class. So it's not yeah. easy taking him down. Exactly, exactly. And that just makes it that's just that much harder. But lastly, I want to go to the main event, and my biggest takeaway from that, uh, Jelton Almeida is uh, a, a bona fide stud, which we've talked at length about. But I think Jarino Rosenstruck, at this point of his career, is just a gatekeeper. I think so, too. Yeah. Rosenstruck, um, losing three out of his last four fights, his only notable win, well, his only win is against Chris Dawkins. I don't even know if he's still fighting in the UFC. I don't know if he got cut, but he's ranked, I think, 15th. Yeah. So Rosenstruck, he's, unfortunately, he's, and he's 35 years old as well, so he's slowly yeah, he's you know, going down. Yeah, he's on the I can't see him. I mean, for his sake, and I think he's a, he's a very – he's been a, a staple of that heavyweight division in that, that top 5-7 range for such a long time. Yes. Ideally, I hope Dana doesn't throw him too many of these more young guys, like Almeida on the rise up, because it's tough. You know, same thing with, like, Lionheart Smith, where they're guys that are, like, in, in the mix and they're good big names – um, so you want to give them like you know those those ex- and they're the perfect guys to set up for those young guys to test themselves, but you know it's it's tough for Rosen uh, for to to be like a guy like like at this point in his career, Lionheart Smith and Rosenstruck, where you're just a gatekeeper in the division. It's so, tough, man. but I think that both those guys, I think they solidified themselves and made it very clear on Saturday night that that's really all that they. Uh, that's awful. Unfortunately, that's all they're ever going to be at this point in their career. I know it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, but, but the fight game's tough. And it is that that's an understatement. Yeah. But they're still dogs regardless. Oh yeah. Uh, if, if you're if you have if you have the gall to step in 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 in, in, a, in a cage with another man with nothing but hands and feet. No. Oh. Yeah. You got uh you you got my respect. I mean, all the way from the from the top top to the the bottom bottom regional amateur fight. These guys I don't are all care. Stunts. But 
Yeah, and, and uh, Aiden, I want to give want to give you one more. What was the biggest takeaway for you in that main event? All right, you know, I don't know how many people watching this will agree, but I believe Almeida and Pavlovich is the fight to happen. I don't know if it's gonna happen within a year, within 18 months. I think it could happen within a year. I think Almeida, with him being ranked number nine, maybe one or two more fights away from a title shot. And what's good about this matchup, right, is Pavlovich. He's such a phenomenal boxer, but we don't really see him do too much work on the mat, you mm -hmm. know? And Almeida, all his work has been on the mat. So yeah. two completely different styles that would match up perfectly. They're both hungry dogs. They haven't, they're both on a, well, Almeida's on a 14-fight winning streak. Pavlovich, his only loss in the UFC is against um, Alistair Overeem in the first round. Actually, all of his fights have been in the first round. I don't know if you'd know that. Really? Pavlovich, all of his fights have been in the first round first of the round UFC. First round finishes, and the only loss was the... Against Overeem. Overeem? Yep. I love Alistair Overeem. Oh, Overeem's he's the dog. I think he just got caught for uh, PEDs and glory kickboxing. Yeah, I guess some things never change. I mean, <laughs> listen, that, man, that man's been popping since... Oh, gosh, since dude. Before, I don't even know. Before me and you were alive. Oh, probably. God. That yo, did you have you seen him like went back before yeah, Usada like peak, bro? Like pictures on the scale. Oh my oh, god! Yeah, Chiseled. like I I remember as a because I I grew up um you know in a family my dad watched the sport my uncle watched the sport my uncle trained MMA for a long time, um so I grew up around the sport a little bit um, and you know as as just you know just fans nothing more really um but. I remember, like, when I was, you know, when I'd watch the fights of my dad, or I would see, I would see like the promotion and see uh, uh, freaking uh, Alistair over him. He was immediately, he was immediately one of my favorite fighters at first, just because how brolic he was. Like, he's just huge, and I just yes. want to put a picture on the screen right now. Just look at that beautiful man. Oh, he like he's huge. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. But um, remember when him and Lesnar fought? Just two oh monsters just two going guys at it. Juicing to the, to the grills. To oh, the absolute grill. They're juiced to the nines. They couldn't put. They couldn't put any more syringes in their arms if they tried. As but, the as the goat Charles on it said, more juice than Tropicana. <laughs> I love Chelsea. Uh, he is. I'm, he's the man. Again, I didn't even hear that one. That's yes. great. Oh, he's awesome. That's great. And with that, we'll, we will be right back. But when we come back, it is time for our matchmaking. We're going to matchmake the whole main card, winners and losers, who we think. We'll get that next. All right, y'all. We're back. And it is time to matchmake now. Play a little matchmaker. Every fight fan's dream, I oh, feel, I is to it. be a matchmaker. Yes. I mean, that has to be the best job in the world. I it's think like, so. And even for outside of MMA, just all sports, like being someone who makes schedules or someone who, who matchmakes. I feel like but matchmaking, though, it's 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 such a beautiful thing. And, and I think with this fight card, I think they nailed it out of the water with the, with the main um, card. But sometimes they don't. And I think that this fight card was one of those rare occasions where they nailed the, the, the matchmaking from just top to bottom. Yeah, they did. They but let's talk did. about who we want to see next following what was a fantastic fight night at UFC Charlotte. And we'll start, we'll, we'll, we'll go bottom up. So we'll go Moreno and Means. Um, and we agree that uh, Alex Moreno next, uh, Gunnar Nelson would be, would be a Gunner good Nelson fight. Gunnar Nelson would be a good fight. See. He just finished uh, Barbarina, which we'll mention in a second. Yeah. So, yeah, Nelson improved to 19-5 and five with that win. Moreno, as we mentioned, 23-8. and eight. Mm -hmm. you, I think that's a very good matchup potentially. Yeah, in the and, the, and the two guys that it's like, um, they're kind of kind of in, in a weird spot. They are in a weird it's spot. Like they're not like really close to, I'd say, the top 15, but, but they like, are. You yeah, know? they're not that it's far weird. off. Yeah, I feel like those two guys would be like, the winner of that fight would get a top 15 guy. Yes. I think that's clear. But with that, I think there's nothing more really to be said there. 
But for Tim Means, a guy, we talked about a little bit, maybe retirement, but I, you brought a great idea because I thought originally we made this separately at different times, but my original thought was Tim uh, Tim Means versus either retirement. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <Funny> enough, <laughs> fight, fighting retirement. That's great. Uh, and I wrote it like that. But um, or, or a guy like Brian Barberino, who was, again, late in his career, but then you said double retirement. Double retirement. I love that. I love that. I do as well. Bar, uh, means losing three fights, his last three. Barberino, his last three fights, he beat Robbie Lawler, and Lawler was dominating him in the first round, and then he got, you know, he slipped up in the second. Yeah. He got submitted uh, against Dos Anjos, mm-hmm. uh, and then to lose to oh to Gunnar Nelson as we just mentioned. So yeah. and Barbarina, his record now is what eighteen and ten. So it's this late in his career, you know, he's fought dogs like Covington, uh, Dos Anjos, like we mentioned. I don't see him making a uh, revival. Yeah, so they're both on their way out. I think that's a good way to for both of them. You know, win or lose, they had a good career. Yeah, you know, and I mean, I listen, I mean, mentioned. if they don't want to retire, good on them. But good on them. I think it's, you know, it, it's looming, and I think it, it makes for a it great is. fight. Those those fights, I mean, it's a rare occasion. Uh, there was one recently, no, a double retirement. There I don't was. remember I who it was. I can't get their names. Yeah, neither neither can names. I. Neither can I. The, 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 the fans at home will tell us. They will. But, um, yeah, but, you know, it, it's a special thing that doesn't happen too much in a sport, a double retirement, and I think it, 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 it makes too much sense for those two guys. But uh, on to the next one. I got uh, Mr. Olberg. Uh, facing guy Dustin Jacoby, somebody who's you know also uh, been a little bit on the rise. Um, a guy who's not necessarily too young. I'm not sure exactly his age. I'll find that right now. But uh, he, Justin Jacoby, right now is only 35 years of age. So you know he's a guy who's, who's a veteran. He's been there for a while, and as somebody that it just makes sense for someone like Olberg. Um, and again, very similar to that Moreno Gunner uh, Nelson fight, where it's like the winner could be in contention for that uh, for a top fifteen, yes. um, or could call you know out a top fifteen guy, and likely get it. So I think that that makes sense. For, that that's for a good matchup too. Jacoby being ranked fifteenth, I like Crew as a as a matchup next, only because, and we watched this fight together at Yonkel's house. Yeah. Uh, Crew fought Alonzo Manfield, and that fight ended up being a majority draw, I believe. Yeah. And Crew would have lost that fight if. I don't know what Manfield got hit with in it the was, second it was, round. It was a point deduction of something. It was sort. something. I don't know if, if that deduction hadn't had happened, yeah. if it didn't happen, mm-hmm. uh, Manfield Mansfield would have won that fight, and yeah. he would have been in the ranking. So That's I think jacked. <laughs> good God, he's another one. <laughs> yeah. He is another one. So I think that'd be a good fight for Crew, you know, to to see if he's still worthy of being in the top fifteen. Yeah. You know, Allberg, you know, on the steady rise. So no, I, I like we'll that. See. I like that matchup as well. And for the loser. Uh, Potiera, I gave him Tyson Piedro, another guy who's yeah, uh, on a little bit of a losing streak yeah, as well. So yeah. it just makes sense. I like. I mean, I feel like as a that's not always the case, but you know, two guys coming off a loss, it 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 makes for I feel. I mean, I don't know if it makes for a better fight, but it just makes for a fight that makes more sense. It does. Cause like you know, it it's two guys that they're you know they 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 must win because in a sport like MMA, it's not like. Where like a sport like football, where you can lose like you know four straight games and still make the playoffs. No, it's or, not like that. You lose four straight like fights. That. You lose four straight fights. You might not even be in. the You might be looking at a anymore. different profession. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> different profession, or at least fighting for a different organization. Yes. So it's like you know, for for fighting, it's tough. So you give two of those guys a loss. One of them got to bounce back with a win. I, I I like that matchup. And, yes. But you I, you got a matchup. I I, I like, love I love the the guy that you want. Uh, Potier and Chitalaba. The thing with uh, Cuda Laba, right? He had a lot of hype going into uh, his uh, UFC career. Yeah. He he just recently picked up a win uh, against uh, Tanner Bowser. He mm-hmm. knocked him out in the first. But then prior to that, though, he lost. Uh, forgive me. 
Kennedy Nizu, you know, I'm not even gonna try. But he <laughs> he got uh, knocked uh, TKO by him. Johnny Walker submitted him, and then Ryan Span submitted him. So he was on a very recent uh, losing skid. Like both of those guys coming off a loss, I think that match makes perfect for one of them to get on the get to get their get back. So we'll see yeah. what happens. I yeah, think I, that's I, a good I love Guti Lava though. He's a guy. He, that, he's another he, one. He's, I like him. He's somebody that it's instant fireworks. It is. No matter who he's fighting, yes. when he's fighting. I can count on Ian Kutulaba to give me. And a you good remember time. his uh his ceremonial way in antics? He one time he was dressed up as the Hulk. He's screaming yes, in their face. Yeah, screaming the guy's he's face. He's unique. Yeah, he's he's a wild bill. He's yeah, a wild bill. I don't is. remember who he's fighting that time, but regardless, I I love Ian Kutulaba, and Fodiaro would be a great matchup with him. Two guys that like to stand. Yes. Um, but for Ian Gary, I think uh you know it only makes sense because coming into this, I you you actually informed me of something. I didn't know New Magni was fighting in June. Yeah, against and the uh, Orlando card actually, June twenty fourth. Yes, actually, good card. He fights the. I think he fights the the winner of that fight. I think Magny's gonna win that just because he's. He, I'm telling you, Magny is not to say he's inconsistent, but he'll win that fight, and I think Gary will take care of him. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's he's he is it. We talk about gatekeepers a lot. Tonight. He's the epitome of a gatekeeper. He's the epitome of a gatekeeper. Like it's just it it is through and through. He's he's. If if you want to figure out if a contender is good, you you throw Neil Magny at him. You're like Neil, Neil yeah. take him, figure and we'll, and we'll figure, see. If, if we'll, you get knocked out, then then the kid's actually whatever. good. But if you find a way to to pull through with a decision, I feel like I feel like Neil Magny's kind of the decision merchant. But um, yeah, and Neil Magny actually, yeah. quick random fact, he has yeah. I think the most wins in UFC welterweight history with 20. That that win against uh, yeah. D Rod was number 20. So yeah, he's been around. Yeah, but he's a, he's a vet, man. He's he he's is a, a vet, vet, but he's one of those vets that just. Some people just can't figure him out. I know. It's tough. He's, he's, so he's, he's, a, he's a test, which is why yeah. I think he's perfect for, for Ian Gary to fight next. Yes. But you got a guy. I like, I like who you got. I, another let's see. Uh, yeah, I like Michael Chieska only because Chieska hasn't fought. I, th- was it, I believe his last fight was against, was it Luke? If I, uh, I might have to fact check that. Be. It could be. It could be. D- double check on that. But Chieska was supposed to fight Li Jing Liang. Uh, I think in April that fight got canceled. G- uh, Chieska being ranked number 12. Um behind Magny being ranked number 11. That's still, you know, bottom of the top 15 fight to, you know, be the second fight part of his uh, seven-fight plan to a title shot. So I think Chieska, Magny, 11-12 spot, both of those fights would be ideal for uh, yeah, Gary. Yeah, they both make sense. And just to fact check you, uh, he did lose to uh, Luque. It was uh, Luque, and, right? And, but, but after that, and uh, just this past, oh, no, it's been, it's been a... a yeah, he's been I out for a while. 2021. He's been out for a minute. His last fight was in 21. Um, but it was in 21. But he did lose to Sean Brady via decision. Sean Brady okay, that's right. That I like. Oh Brady. Oh, he's but, fighting uh, now. Jack Della Maddalena. That's that's gonna be a that, good fight. That is that is when we talk about Matt. We talk about matchmaking earlier. That is perfect matchmaking. It is the ninth ranked. is fantastic. Ranked. Another New Zealand guy. Um, and the he, way he took yeah. care of Randy Brown too, man. Oh was, man, I was uh, thoroughly thoroughly impressed. And for D Rod, I think it's very ironic who who he picked. For me, I I got um, Santiago uh, Pontanibio. He's coming off of that knockout loss to Kevin Holland. And speak of the devil. Now I chose <laughs> Holland, right? Because now Holland, he he started off at the welterweight division with two straight wins, and then he lost to Thompson, uh-huh. and he lost to Chamayev. So he got the third ranked guy and the sixth ranked guy. So he got his his fair shot at the top of the welterweight division. Mm-hmm. He's easily a top fifteen ranked uh, Absolutely. caliber fighter. Absolutely. I think he needs one more fight, and then he should you know get his rifle shot at the top fifteen again. Holland's a stud, but 
easing back into it a little more, you know? So, yeah, I think I like he's, that he's, he's very, um, you know, Kevin Holland, he's very well-rounded. And he's a he guy is. That I, I love him personally. I know he's a, he's one of those, I, I, don't, I don't know, controversial, but some people I've found. Hate him or love like, him type of thing. Yeah, yeah, hate him or love him type of thing. And I, I don't understand why could hate Kevin Holland. I mean, what's, what is Well, it? you know, Dana White hated him originally. Yeah, the Dana yeah, White contender mouth. series. Big he mouth. did not, he didn't like Holland because he just wouldn't shut up. Which yeah. you could understand from a promoter standpoint, like, God. You know? Yeah, but like at the same time, you want guys like that. You know? I know. Like, think about think about the the most popular fighters in the world are the ones that run their mouth. I know, but it was in the contender series, and it, he didn't even finish. The guy it was a decision. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I guess time and place. I know, but I mean, he's 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 he's, he's such a goon. I love he Kevin is. Holland. He is. Um, and I don't want to go off too far, but did you see Kevin Holland uh, when he was like he went on like this stretch where he kept like saving people, where he was like it was weird. Like he would like one thing I I, I watched that he. Um, there was a guy trying to rob a restaurant he was at, and then he ended up, you know, like beating him up and stopping him. Like he, like, like, yeah, like a gun. Get out of here! Yeah, like, I like, never heard of that. Yeah, no, and then it happened like again. And he was like, and he was joking around, calling himself like Black Superman, or whatever. Dude, he's the hero but, I mean, we didn't he's want. Just, like, it, I mean, it's just didn't know we needed. Yeah, he's, he's, I, I think he's a guy that you know. I think most people that do talk on the mic and and talk shit in UFC are, you know, it's 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 a it's a. a uh, a facade. I think that's the right word I'm looking for. Just uh, you know, act. And, yes. You know, that's uh, that's the easier way to say it. But I think you know, I think um, him. He's just a stand-up dude. And I think that's just the way he is. He is. Um, but a fight with D Rod, that'd be great. I like that. Yeah. Um, Paul Zebio Holland. I think either, either one. Is a great matchup because it would just be now straight. Take, now I'm thinking about it. I think Ponzinibbio would probably be a little more ideal. But I, I either deal, way, yeah, I think I think Holland would the deserves better than D Rod personally. Yes. I think he's uh, he's coming off a win, right? Who do we? Holland fight? just. Oh yeah, Ponzinibbio. What am I? Oh yeah, my gosh, I'm throwing a brain for it. Yeah, first is Japan. Now I'm I'm, I'm saying one things two minutes ago that I'm. Is <laughs> that right? But let, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's, let's, move talk, on. let's talk Johnny Walker. Johnny, Johnny Walker, Walker. I think at this point, and I really like this matchup against Poton. I think that John Walker is the perfect guy to welcome Alex Pereira to the light heavyweight division. Both from Brazil, division. too. Both from Maybe Brazil. Brazil card, we'll and see. I mean, yeah, get them on a card in Brazil. They could be the co-main. Easy. 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 Like, you, you make that match with co-main, done. And then you put a title fight in the main event. Um, is there any Brazilian champions right now that they could throw in there? Oof. I don't think so. There is not. Yeah. Surprising. Those guys, I there's mean, not. There's like three yeah. Mexican champions, but I'm yeah. not going to confuse my countries. Yeah. But no, <laughs> yeah. there's, uh, there's Unlike no... me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's leave one of us that's that confused countries tonight. But um, yeah, yeah him versus Poton makes too much sense. It would be be a great striking matchup. Um, and with the way Johnny Walker has developed his striking game, I think he does actually. I mean, I think uh, Pereira would. I think Pereira would take care of him. I think he'd take care of him, but I think Johnny Walker, with this point in his career, I'm, I'm confident to say that he'd at least put up a good fight. And I think it'd be a good fight. I, I think know, so too. I think he'd get the finished, problem with maybe, Pereira but... though is, no, Pereira is a phenomenal kickboxer. But as we saw in his most recent fight, what is he? He likes to keep his hands down. He oh, leaves so his face low. so, so low. He leaves it. You can't even see my hand. You, like that. This is a normal fighter. Exactly. He leaves his hands so low. I, you can't even see him with this shot right now. Like no, it's, it's you like, can't. Yeah, like, like he he fights like down here. But I mean, it works, and it it, does. you see that a it lot does. in MMA, which is something that um you know when when training you know a lot of people um that I've spoken to just in, you know, the general MMA community, like, I don't know how these elite fighters, and it's just because they're so elite, get away with putting their hands so well, you know? Because, like, your face is wide open. If you're, you're fighting somebody and their hands are, like, here, you're like, yo, if I hit the, you know... It's I, over. If I just get that, if I, if that I, if one, I can connect, I mean, he's he got his hands are not... They're going up. to sleep. 
Yeah, but um, you know, I think Peloton might take some time off. So I, and, you know, and we'll he, see. Yeah. So I think because um, with a win against Walker, like we mentioned earlier, Walker being on the rise, he's gonna take that fifth rank spot. You yeah. know, we I we could see if, if uh, Hill takes care of business mm-hmm. this summer against Prohaska. You, I could see a Hill Peloton matchup, especially, you know, Hill beating um, Glover in January. So it's kind of like his uh, pre- uh, pre- predecessor. If I'm not saying that. Yeah. 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 So that would be a good fight if uh, Peloton takes care of business. But yeah. we'll see what happens. I also said Blahovich as well. I like Blahovich that Blahovich matchup. Blahovich being ranked third. Blahovich is 40 years old. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's going to get a title fight anytime soon. I think he needs a couple wins for that. But yeah, Walker going against a veteran like Blahovich, former champion. That's a. Uh, is it on? Okay. Yeah, so. I, I like both of those matchups, honestly. I don't. Walker doesn't deserve to be fighting down to the rankings right now. No, no, no. He he's definitely somebody who deserves, at at the very least, to be fighting um, at the at the top. And yes. I think that it, it's well deserved, especially after such a technical win. Yes. And um, but on the flip side, for somebody like Anthony Smith, I think I I would like to see him go back to a guy uh, like Craig. Um, it's Paul Craig, yes. It is Paul Craig. Paul Craig, okay. I was, I was, I was a little unsure, but you know, Paul Craig, he's a guy. He's, you know, he's a specialist on the ground. Um, you know, he'll he'll submit you. At, you know, you know, he'll hooks. You know, he's one of those guys. Those guys where it's like, he, off, you know, he's, he he wins in like those corny ways. You know, he does. Kind of, like, heel it's hook, so weird or with Craig. No, I know. Lock, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's so weird with Craig. He's the only guy. It's crazy, right? Because Walker just finished Craig not too long ago. Yeah. Craig finished Hill. His only professional loss, and he finished Ankalaev, who that's his only professional loss. So he's taking, he's fighting these championship level fighters, knocking them out, and he's losing to, to the bombs. Exactly, the bombs. it just does yeah. not make but sense. I think it, that's a good fight for Lionheart, um, one that he should get back in the win column um, with, and you know, or, or at least be a more competitive fight. I think that's really where his career stands. But yes, you know, at the end of the day, if he, I don't think he has any intention of hanging him up. That well, wasn't the impression I got um, post fight. But I, I think that it, it's it's a good fight for him. Both guys been um, been in Asia for a long time. It just makes sense. In my it opinion. does. I'm gonna sound like a complete casual for saying this. I have Smith um, potentially fighting. I'm gonna say his name wrong. Sorry guys. Okay. Azamat Mirzakhanov. He's ranked number 11th right now in the... Uh, Did I see that name? Azamat Merkinov? Nah, bro. That's a wild This name. is another language. I'm not going to lie. This is a casual moment. I oh, it's I an extremely I've casual moment. That, but I was looking at the rankings. I've never heard this guy. He's 13-0, and 0, nine wins by knockout. His last win again is against uh, Justin Jacoby. Oh, you're you're going to feed Lionheart Smith another killer? <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. I don't think <laughs> Smith should... He's obviously, he obviously doesn't deserve to fight up, right? Yeah. So... But how far down is he going to go? I think that, you know, Smith being ranked 7th right now, this guy being ranked 11th, 11th this guy is undefeated, so he, he's on the rise. You know, I think, is it good for Lionheart to be fed to him? Probably not. But this would be a good test for uh, Mirzakhanov, so we'll see, we'll see if that happens. We'll see yeah, if Smith takes it. I mean, it. listen, that would be him um, fighting another killer because I've I never, know. I've never seen that man. I haven't even heard of him. I know uh, Murkazov, but you know, kind of a guy that went under the radar. He did. Because um, what is he? He's ninth. Who? In the UFC. Murzakhanov. Yeah, Murzakhanov. He's ranked eleventh. Eleventh. Yeah. So I mean, that's that. That honestly just proves our point even further about the light heavyweight division, it where is, so top heavy. Because we, if me and you don't know the eleventh guy in the division. That's how you know that division's weak, you know. And I I memorize the shit. And and now to go to Almeida, 
I like him versus Spivak. I think it makes a lot of sense. Both guys in, in now in that top five. And um, and it, it also a guy who's who's very much on the rise and doesn't have a fight right now. So I think throw the, those two guys together, and that could be a potential, I wouldn't say title eliminator, but like second fight before title Yes, I could, I could see that. Well, Spivak, his most recent win being against Derek Lewis. Yeah. The, the reason I don't... I don't know about that fight is because they're both ranked number eight and number nine, so the rankings are very close to each other. But like you said, that could be a potential um, fight before title eliminator. So that would be a good fight. I have, let's see, who did we for Razor? Yes, for against Razor Blades. I like that fight a lot. Blades is always fighting these top guys, these guys high in the rankings. I think yeah. it's time he fights uh, a little lower. Both being, yeah. you know, wrestlers, not so. Yeah. Not to say they're not good with their hands, but a lot more ground-oriented fighters. Mm-hmm. That would be a true test to see where Almeida stands in the heavyweight if, if division. If Almeida is able to do to Curtis Blades what he did to uh, Daniel Rosenstruck this past weekend... You can't deny him. Uh, I mean, I'm not denying him at all now. You can't deny him. You can't, can't deny him because at least Rosenstruck, he's always, he was always... Um, you know, he's a very well-rounded fighter. I don't think his wrestling is bad by any means. No. But it's not on the level as as, as Curtis Blades. So no, if he's no. able to do what he did to uh, Curtis Blades, I, that would be scary. But it, I like that. I like would that be. matchup. I would, I would be fine with either. Because I don't see if Almeida, you know, he keeps winning like he does. I don't see him being, you know, any more than two, maybe three fights away from a title shot. So with a win over uh, Razor Blades, who's ranked fourth right now, that could set him up for a title shot with, uh, you know, I'm being a little optimistic here, with against Pavlovich. Maybe in the near future, because you know, as we know, Jones is rumored to be fighting uh, Miocic, hopefully sometime this year. Mm-hmm. That could be a double retirement with Miocic losing. Yeah. So well, then this heavyweight open this heavyweight division with that could open up like crazy. It could. And it it, it leaves room for for uh, uh, like a Pavlovich Almeida if Almeida is able to get past his next opponent, whoever that may be. Um, you know, title fight, you know, mm-hmm. honestly, for the vacant belt. So I think you know, with the state of the heavyweight division right now, I mean, it's. You know, it, it's gonna get to the point where it's like, all right, who who's gonna who's gonna be stepping up? And um, Almeida, uh, Almeida, and and Pavlovich, it seems like as of, for right now, the for the foreseeable future, looks looks like that they're the future of that division. Um, but well, right Almeida now, called out. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah, cut you off. Almeida call, uh, he called out Tuivasa. Tuivasa is a fun fighter to watch. I think Almeida dogs him, and I don't think Tuivasa's taking that fight personally. Oh, no. I mean, He's if, not. I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm Tuivasa's team, I don't want him anywhere near that. Absolutely, man. absolutely I don't, not. I, you know, I don't even want to be within five to ten feet of him. I don't right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if Justin Almeida was in the same room, I'd be like, you could take sir, everything. sir, do you need anything? There's water and <laughs> anything like that. I don't even know if he's, does he speak English? I don't know. I, I don't but, think so. Uh, yeah, but, like, either way, I mean, I'll have a translator. Exactly. Here. We'll figure so, it out. I mean, like, sir, I, I come in peace. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt. <laughs> Don't but if you want to, we're done. We're <laughs> dead men walking. Yeah, literally. Um, but now, you know, to wrap it up, Rosenstrike. Um, I like him versus the Aspinall uh, Tybra loser, um, which is, I think, yeah, in June. I, I think like early June, um, those two are fighting. Oh, I think they're uh, UFC it? fight card in London. That's supposed to be in uh, August. I August? Think. Yeah, it's oh, uh, that sometime in the summer, yeah. Okay, well, I think Rosenstrike uh, does need a, a little bit of a break. He does, because right? Aspinall... So I know it was in London. I thought it was June for some reason. August, okay. No, it, it, but, it's somewhere there. Yeah, 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 I'm sure, but... Um, I like him fighting the loser. I don't think obviously he doesn't deserve the winner of that. Cause the winner Definitely of that not. does go on to fight, you know, top seven, top five competition. Mm-hmm. That's not where uh, Rosenstrike uh, will be. Um, but I think it, it would be a good uh, bounce back fight for both, you know, whoever ends up losing that fight. 
um, whether it's uh, Aspinall, which I really have high hopes for. I hope his he recover from that knee injury well against Blades. That was that was that was, a, that was, that was a year ago. That was bad. That was like yeah. 15 seconds into the fight. Man. Yeah, it's like he didn't even get to fight. You know, like, I know. Like he was headlining the card too, but you know, glad the UFC was able to get him back and fight a, a killer like Tabera, who's going to be make for an interesting fight. But I think the loser of that fight, Rose Strike, I think it'd be good. I like um, that too. You know, another another fight where it's like two guys off losses. Um, yeah, which has become you know a little bit of a, a trend here with our matchups. I know, but. But it makes uh, sense, though. I mean, you can't deny it. Of course, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it makes sense. But, um, yeah, I like that fight. And I, li- I like the fight you got. I like, about. and I think this, if I think a fight will happen, it's going to be this. Rosenstreich and Lewis. Now, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, they both have only won one of their last four fights. Yep. And ironically enough, it's against the same opponent, Chris Dawkins. Really? I swear to God. That's funny. That is, you know. That's so, great. Who's, let's see. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah. Lewis, he lost to Pavlovich, he lost to Spivak, and he lost to Tuivasa. And uh, yeah, Almeida losing, I'm sorry, Almeida dominating uh, Rosentreek the way he did, losing to Blades. They're both not making a title run anytime soon, if they ever do. Mm-hmm. So I think two dogs, two very uh, striking-oriented fighters, I think, and yeah, they're be the 11th and 12th ranked fighter. Lewis is at 11, and then yeah. uh, probably tomorrow when the rankings come out, uh, Rosenstreak will take Almeida's previous place at 12. I think that's a good and exciting matchup to make. Yeah, and two guys that are like staples of the heavyweight division. Yeah. So I could very well see. And UFC, for whatever reason, despite the fact that um, heavyweight is such a... such a um, What's the best way to put this? Not not deep. You know, it's, it's a very shallow. Yes. Shallow division. Um... And I think that it it and but they love putting them on on headliners. They yeah. love headlining with heavyweights, and I think that's just I guess that appeals to the audience. I think the audience likes heavyweights. So they think oh heavyweights, you know, they just stand to bang. Yeah. Um. But I mean, the sport has evolved so much um, yes. from that. But I think they they like putting heavyweights for every reason as the as the main event. So I mean, I think Rose Strike and and Derek Lewis. Um. You know, that you said it out loud. Honestly, I like that better than than what I had. I think that that makes sense. I think they could do it sooner rather than later. I think yeah. for my situation, you'd have to wait till like end of the year. You know, like December, November. Um. And that would even be asking the one of those two guys to go for a quick um return fight. But if Rosenstrike wants to, to wants to a quick turnaround, and Derek Lewis is still interested in fighting, I love the Black Beast. It was really sad to see um, kind of his, his downfall at this point in his career, but and that might it would be, be a good bounce. I think it's a good bounce back spot for both those guys. I think, and I we'll see. I think if Lewis loses that fight, that would be his fourth in a row. I could see a retirement, man. He's I, been in this game I for hope, so I hope long. So. If, if he if he does lose, another, I think his next loss should be his last fight, um, or at least you know one of the last one. I mean, you know, granted, in, in a sport like MMA, it's hard to end it's on a positive note and end on a win. Um, but you know, if he's able to get past um, Rosenstrike, maybe he fights more, maybe he retires. I think either way, it would it would be good for him. He's kind of on the back end of his career, uh, especially after the. I mean, after the dominating performance that was um, his loss in, in the title fight to uh, uh, interim title fight, right against Sirogan. Yep. Yeah, Sirogan, an interim title fight. Ever since then, he hasn't been the same. No, player. he has not. Um, he has not. Yeah, the two of Asa lost really. It's crazy. That, that one broke my heart because I love. He's one of my favorites. Top five, at, at, you know, at least top five. Um, Lewis or Tuivasa? Uh, the Dark Lewis. Dark Lewis. The, the Black Beast. Yeah, I mean, I love Tuivasa too, but but no, he, no, 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 Dark Lewis has a special place in my no, heart. He's, that he's one himself. clip where it's like I watched that live too, and it was I was crying. It was like my balls was hot. I, was I know. Great. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get better. You saw when uh, he knocked out Volkov, and he was like. 
Donald Trump called me, telling me I had to rock, uh, knock this Russian motherfucker out. <laughs> yeah. no, he's too much. Yeah. Oh my goodness, he's he's the best. He's the best. It doesn't really get better. There's not. There's very few uh, personalities in 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 the and UFC and the MMA in general um, like Derek Lewis, and he's somebody yeah. that in the back end of his career breaks my heart. But he will be missed. Um, he will be missed. Absolutely. But you know that rounds out our matchmaking. You know, let us know how you did. If you have any suggestions on on Please. who you think should be fighting, let us know. Um, because you know your opinion's just as good as mine. At the end of the day, we're just we're just two guys who who love the sport. So yeah. uh, we don't know any more than you do. At the end of the day, I mean, maybe we do. Maybe we do. We'll, we'll, just maybe, a little bit more. You know, when when it gets when when it gets to the point where where we got uh, enough fans on the show, we'll, maybe we'll have a little you know tri- trivia contest. Exactly. Maybe we'll like test test their test uh, ours. We'll test hours one day. You know, maybe you know, maybe we can even do that next week. Cause, I maybe, like that idea, John. Uh, Dern, Dern, and uh, Hill. You know, I mean, I don't know how much. We're definitely not going to talk for an hour about oh, that, that, that card. Like, I can wrap that up in 30 seconds. Yeah, I'm going to be good on that because, uh, spoiler it will go to a decision. Uh, that's one of my bets for this weekend. I like that, But we'll that get too. into that. Before that, I want to go back to UFC 288 a little bit. Mm. You know, we wanted to start, we wanted to start the, um, the, the podcast last week, and it would have been a nice place to start. But, you know, due to various circumstances, uh, you know, we, we still both had school at the time. Um, so, you know, it's a little tough now that we're both getting out of school, getting in, in, in the summertime, uh, semester's over. We got a lot more time now, so yes, we be seeing us every week, so get used to these two beautiful faces. Get used um, to but let's talk about, you know, some of the major headlines, and let's start with UFC 288. Aljo Cejudo, I think that was the first win in Aljo Maine Sterling's, um, championship career, where it was decisive, and it was dominant, and I feel like, um, you know, what can people say about it? Even if be, people are always going to say something, course, always running their mouth. But I mean, but but for for people who actually understand yes. the sport, what are they going to say? And Aljo has a special place in my heart, being from Long Island, wrestling oh, at SUNY Cortland. Yeah, this guy is yeah, a, you know dude. local stud. Well, not even yeah. local. You know, he's the best fighter in the world at 135 pounds. Yeah. Well, that might be up for debate, but right, yeah. you can't deny that he's champion right now, and yeah. at least the best fighter in the UFC at that at that weight class. I would agree. At, at right now, you can't you can't play. You can't deny that. But you gotta give you gotta take your hat off to Cejudo. A three year layoff, coming back, losing a split decision to, to the current champion. Split. It you don't think so? Was, Some people you, thought you it could have been 49-46, Aljo. I, I like 48-47. I had 48-47, and I know. Uh, uh, Sean O'Malley, who actually was in the, they actually got him um, in the arena post fight, just to you know a little face off with Aljo. So that's going to be the next fight, and that's going to be a great fight, I feel. Um, if Sugar Sean can avoid getting backpacked, which is going to be easier said than done, because Al, be. Al, Al, Aljamain Sterling's just wrestling is is out of this world. To, for him to be able to take down a, a, a gold medalist wrestler, granted, youngest Olympic medalist too, at 21 yes, years old, he won yes, that crap. Yeah, well, crazy. Medal, um, you know, so, you know, the, the, he calls himself Triple C for a reason. Um, and as corny as he is, uh, an elite wrestler. I, I love the corniness. Uh, Bring it on, Triple C. Uh, I love you, it. You're, you're a stickler for corny. I'm the stickler for like corny. corny. Him, Usman. I can't stand Usman. Oh, my spoiler. goodness. When, the, when we talk Kamar Usman, I'm going to clown it. I can't. He's I a great him. fighter. All-time great fighter. I can't stand that man. He pisses me off. Everything you post on social is. media, you always be sending me that. I guy, do. Like, I can't. God, I can't help him. Give me in the car, just like the, the it's so me. stupid. But yo, anyone else, I'm fine with. When I see his stupid ass face, I'm like, shut up. Oh Mario. my god, like, it's such <laughs> an ugly mug. But he is yeah. top to welterweight weight of all time, so we could do. Oh what he yeah. Pleases when he no, I, I you know, but you gotta give him credit, credit to do. But you know, Sue's another guy where his his corner doesn't bother me as much. 
Uh, probably because I don't see it as much, thanks to to, to you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't be sending, sending me Henry Cejudo stuff, but you'll be sending me Usman oh, like, every God. other day not ending till he when he posts some stupid shit. But um, but Cejudo, a guy came back, yeah, honestly, and looked performed well. Don't think he deserved the the win at all. No. I think that, and I think that most fight fans would agree that um, split was not the answer. It was definitely no. Good and honest. actually, as you brought up uh, Sugar Sean before, originally he had thought that. Uh, Cejudo won that fight, but then watching it back, he tweeted out he thought he it thought was a clear four-one uh, Aljo. Yeah, yeah. So. which is in and it's an interesting thing too. And I think something that nobody's talking about. And I'd like to actually talk about that for a second because I haven't seen this anywhere. Is when Sugar Sean, you know, uh, you know, tweeted that, you know, fight fans were like okay, you know, um, you know, most of us would agree because again, ninety-nine percent of us watched it on our TVs. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it, it it brings a good point, and people always like to crap on the judging. The judges are watching it live. Yeah. And as Sugar Sean thought Cejudo won that fight live, he watched it live. So if he was scoring that fight live, he thought Cejudo won. Yeah. When it was very clear to the audience at home that he did not do so. So it's you know it, it's it's different. very interesting. It's very interesting. So people like to crap, and and I'll crap on the the judging, the officiating. Um, I know there was, and we talked about that statement decision, but outside of that, I thought the the officiating. Um, not the officiating. Officiating's uh, mostly, you know, 99% of the time great um, with the UFC. They got a lot of great guys there. But uh, the judging, rather. The judging. Oh, yes, yes. The officiating. You know the officiating? No, no, the officiating's good. I confuse uh, the officiating. Yeah, the officiating's okay. The judging, on the oh, other hand, it has, been, it has been and continues to be brutal. They did it right in UFC Charlotte. But at the same time, you got to think, from their perspective, maybe it did look different. You know, maybe, maybe the fight did. did look different. And it, it's interesting. So it's something where, you know... Um, you know, when you think of judging, it's it's something that counters at that point where it's like, well, these guys are watching it live, and that's a completely different perspective. It is. That's right something that they, that people talk about. And for for Sugar Sean to tweet something like that, it only furthers the case that, you know, it's easier said than done. Everyone thinks, oh, you can ju- I can judge a fight. Not that easy. It is not that not easy. Not that these easy. Guys do it Especially for when you look at the criteria and. Well, I think they just uh, changed the criteria recently. It was they mm-hmm. were focusing a lot on control time. I think now they're focusing more on damage. Rather than yes. essentially volume, and I think I think that that's the right decision. I think so too, I, It man. pisses me off so much when you see guys just lay on top of somebody for a round oh and gosh. get and get the, and or even like let's say let's say for the first two and a half minutes, for example, a fighter um, you know is piecing them up on the on on the feet, and then that fighter gets taken down and is laid on, and then that round's like a coin flip. No way. Yeah. If, if the guy doesn't do anything with the top position. Then you know that shouldn't it shouldn't really count for much. Granted, it's control time. So like if he, if he's laying on for all five minutes, you give him the round. You know you can't guess, give the guy yeah. round the, to the guy in his back because no. he couldn't get up. But like if it's a close round, and the only difference is like maybe a, a and one guy like you know or maybe you know you think's gonna have the edge, and then one guy was like had some control time. Um, you know I I like that I, I like that direction where judging is going. Um, and, you know, I think there's, you know, some people have a lot of issues with, you know, with it. Um, and I know, shout out Verdict MMA. Do you know what Verdict MMA is? Oh, with the Twitter, right? When, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, so yes. It, it, it's an, yeah, it's an app and people have like a global scorecard. So everybody scores the fight. Yes, I'm like a big too. fan of that. I don't know if that, I don't know if I would want, you know, it to be up to a global consensus in terms of like, uh, no, who wins the fight. That'd be too much bias. But that, that, yeah, that'd be too much because then, yeah, there's, there's so many uh, factors that go into it. But, you know, um, you know, something like that, it begs the question, you know, what, what could the future of judging be? And that's something we could talk about another day. We could honestly have a whole episode just oh. about judging. 
Um, but that'd be good for matchmaking, honestly. What the verdict? If they use that for like matchmaking, see what the fans want. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, not a bad idea. Not but a bad idea. You, verdict. If you hear that, you know, the, 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 put us on your team. Put Why us not? on. Put us on. We could be the official podcast of Verdict MMA. Oh gosh. Great or uh, great uh, organization there. I think they're doing great stuff. They I've been are. actually following them for a long time since they they just the beginning. They got a partnership with PFL now, which is a, yeah, a big they're organization. They're buying up Bellator too. But uh, back to you know Aljo, I think. Fighting Sugar Sean, they're targeting August, and Aljo was on um, the MMA Hour podcast with Helwani today. He said a lot of interesting things. Um, it said that they, the UFC is targeting August for him and Sugar Sean, which would be a quick turnaround. But um, Aljo said if he does um, fight in August, he would have to start training next week. Really? He said he's and Aljo is getting a little plump himself. Did you see the the video of him? He was eating pasta, weighing oh, himself yeah. in that. 169 pounds, 34 pounds. He shot yeah, up right yeah. away. I mean, yeah. Baby Jamal Hill. <laughs> yeah, honestly, but I mean, it's just, it's such a crazy thing with fighters, though, like how much they can gain weight like that. I know. Um, and I, I think we'll talk about more about Marab later. Um, but one thing I want to go back to Aljo on the MMA hour, um, he had something very interesting that unfortunately, with the timing of when we record, we record every Monday and uh, we're looking to release Wednesday or Thursday. We'll get that consistently down. Uh, but regardless, uh, Tomorrow, uh, which would be Tuesday, May 16th, um, only 20 minutes from tomorrow. We're, we're, we're filming late tonight. We're going late. Right. It's all, you know, it's all, it's all good. It's by all by good. the time, the it's going to be the day the up by the time we wrap things up here. I know. Um, but Aljo um, has something interesting to say. Francis Ngannou is, for those of you who don't know, is announcing something uh, Tuesday, May 16th. And it's likely, and Ariel Hawani, in his own words, said it's the worst kept secret um, in the MMA community. I agree. Um, it was kept pretty secret to me. Do you do know where he's going? Because he's signing to an organization. Tomorrow. I, I could see the PFL, but yeah. I know one recently rejected him after they, they were yeah. talking for like hours and the president, they couldn't come up with a, uh, yeah. they couldn't negotiate on a contract. Mm -hmm. See, the thing with Nagano is like, he, his last fight was against Gan in what, February of last year, so 15, mm -hmm. 16 months removed. His stock is going down as the time goes on. So yeah. it's like, how could you be asking for more money as your stock's going down? Everybody wanted to see him and Jones. That and fight could have sold $2 million. Oh, my goodness. That, that fight, that's one thing. That's like one of the things. Like, like a what Dana, if. Dana, you couldn't just get one more fight out of Nagano. You know, just say, Nagano, come back. Come collect this absolutely crazy payday. And win or loss, you can leave and do whatever you want. Exactly. Because what, what Nagano, um, and I, I want to play the clip. We'll play it after uh, what I say here quick. What Naganu is really pushing for is he's pushing. It's not. He says uh, over and over again, and you'll see in the clip where Francis, his stickler, it hasn't been about the money. He was offered twenty million by um, one the the one um, championship. He was twenty million. Twenty million, yeah, twenty million dollar contract um, that he turned down. Um, and you know, and and there was all these rumors about him wanting uh, like you know like some clauses or a seat on like the board of like um, you know like the the organization. But I mean, you know, all those things. Um, I think. Uh, how true are they? I don't know. I think I think the organizations are upset they didn't get him, so they're just crapping on him because that's like you know it's a popular thing to do. If you don't get a fighter, same way Dana White's just been crapping on him as well. If you don't get the fighter, you don't get to agree to a deal. Then you're like, oh well, you know, we don't need that guy anyway. Yeah, but no, in reality, right? he's a huge superstar. He is. Um, but I, I think Alex Mason made some interesting points about Francis. So let's hear what he had to say. What do you make of this Francis stuff? So he's supposed to make a release. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow's the big day. Looking forward to seeing what this is. I, I hope it's worth it. Cause I, so here's my thing. Okay. If I could offer Francis advice. Please, please. This is great because you were once in a position similar to this. Obviously, you weren't the champion at the time, but you yeah. were deciding, you know. 
And I respect everything he's standing for and trying to do. But there's a reason why it's never been done. And I'm not trying to shoot anybody down or be negative about anything. But the amount of money I feel like he could have made, um, or at least from what they said over at one, not was it one? Well, which or, one? Which one are you talking about? Oh, the uh, Chach- 20 million? Chach- yeah. Chachi, yeah, yeah. If that was a real offer, mm-hmm. my thing is like, well, why not take the money and almost take like a Floyd Mayweather approach and build your own organization and have, have like another avenue of competition for the fighters to go somewhere and compete to showcase their skills where you can now dictate and control because now if you're doing this in such a favorable way, I feel like it's easily going to attract other up-and-comers and to the point where it can start to become like a premier organization, not saying compete with the UFC, but it gives you another option to go to. And that's the way I was kind of looking at that. I'm like, dude, that's that's some serious money to to use and to network with. But the whole thing about like trying to be on the board and that's, I don't know the details. Yeah, not but, all of that is 100%, though. Yeah, so I don't know. You know what happened there, right? What happened there was They're like... trying to get in front of it, and... Yes, yeah. that's like, me, you know... Get 20 million in a run. That's my thought. Like, especially, who's he going to fight over there? They do go crush a couple of people, come back, Francis, you're still the man, you made a Although shit ton of money. it's not 20 up front. It's 20 for the... Throughout the fights. Yeah, you know? so like, what if he, he could slip on a banana peel? Could. Is he still get... Is that guaranteed money? We see those are the things we don't know from right. behind the scenes. It's never guaranteed. Yes. You don't you don't get guaranteed. If you don't oh, fight, you don't get paid. Exactly. No fighter gets guaranteed. What I heard was the deal he signed is very lucrative. It's like the worst kept secret where he's going. The question is, I think what people are going to um what people are going to criticize is, all right, so you left the UFC for this. I still feel like we don't know the, the the full story about what he has planned because boxing was always the big thing, right? Yeah. Boxing was always a big thing, and people bring up the money all the time. But he has said repeatedly, it's not about the money. Yeah. So, like, what's 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 big for him may not be big for this guy, this guy, you, me. And so, I I just I I found it. What I wanted to like ask you about was it feels like everyone's kind of like rooting to say, "Oh, you fucked up." You fucked up. Like they, they want to be. They want to celebrate that he fucked up. Why is that? I, it's weird, man. Yeah, sometimes it's like some crab in the barrel ass mentality type shit. It really is. You, your fighters could be their own biggest. This is why they'll never be downfall. a union. That's why they would never be a union. Right. Fighters are again. Hate you can hate me all you want, but it's some crab in the barrel motherfuckers. I even had people at the gym. I was training. I was training down in Vegas. I had people talking shit about me behind my back with the, the first John fight. People I've trained with. People's asses I kicked in the gym were talking about shit. You know, so I can only imagine for him and the stuff people are saying behind closed doors is like, for me, I hope to see Francis win, um, whether that's financially or outside of financial. I want to see all fighters do well. Yeah, so Aljamain made a lot of great points earlier today uh, on the MMA hour. Um, you know, I really liked, you know, what he said about um, the fact that, you know, uh, Francis Naganu, he he brought up the point that He's asking for all these things when, um, you know, Aljo, and, and it's something I never really thought of until he brought it up, uh, saying that, you know, he's asking for all these things. But if he was Francis, you know, why not? Um, and we'll see about this big announcement tomorrow and where he ends up signing. Um, but, you know, if he's a, if he could take these big deals and then maybe work his way to, um, you know, making his own organization where mm. he could do things as he sees fit with all of the money that he would get from a huge contract that he would get. Um, and that's an ideal world that, you know, we don't live in an ideal world as everybody knows. Um, so that was, that was a direction that I even really foresee. And maybe that's something that, that's a good um, point. you know, Nagano announces tomorrow. Um, Your boy just started up his own organization. Uh, who? Kamaru. 
He started uh, he started his own organization in uh, Nigeria, I believe. Okay, yeah, I did see that. I, yes, when you said it was in Nigeria. See, rare Kamaru Usman W. I like that. You Comment, know. Kamaru, I love you. <laughs> no, Kamaru, if you see this, see me in the optical. <laughs> no, don't, don't do that. You'll, you'll, you'll literally murder me. Yes. Um, but, no, I mean... If you think PFL, uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm, yeah, not sure. I'm not sure which organization, but regardless of what it is, you know, I'm just excited to see him back. Um, so am I. You know, honestly, I think at the end of the day, all, all of us as fight fans, all we want to do is, is just see, see the man fight because yes, we know we about how fantastic he is. And at this point, you know, last time we saw him, he won a fight wrestling. And he's a dude that he's only not a wrestler. Out. Not a wrestler. Not a wrestler. So, you know, is was that a development in his game? I would love to see him tested in whatever organization he does do. Um, against a wrestler because, you know, it, it, did he really make that leap and bound in, in his wrestling or was it just how bad Cyril Gahn's wrestling was? And after the John Gahn Jones fight, you know, one, one would argue it's just because Cyril Gahn can't wrestle. No. Because that was disgusting. We watched that right here in his basement and that was one of the most... I was so... I, I put my money on Cyril Gahn. So did I. My physical and I like a money. And we, we both looked like jackasses. Bro, a minute... Jones. It only took 64 seconds for Jones to finish. Oh, him. yeah. And, yeah, I think it was just... Um, yeah, that, that, I think Sirogan's wrestling is just maybe that bad. No. But maybe Ngannou's like, wrestling is I still don't know how he's ranked number one better. in the heavyweight division. He's still ranked number one? Gon's one, Pavlovich is two, and Miocic is three. Yeah, that's not deserving. No, that, I um, think Pavlovich is a clear call. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of, of putting, unless it's a very close fight, like uh, something <laughs> that like, was like, the, like the, the third Whitaker-Adesanya fight, I was fine with Whitaker staying at one because he is one, you know, because it was a close fight. And it was the closest fight that I think um, Well, Izzy, potential third. You said third. Potential third fight between and uh, oh they fought twice right yes, yes. oh the second I meant the second fight so the second fight I was saying um, where it was close you know it was close um, first one obviously got knocked out but he retained that number one spot and I'm okay with that yeah but when it's somebody who loses in dominant fashion I want that man ranked at least three because yeah. he ain't even close to number and one at that point. him being at three he's like I don't dude's forty years old he hasn't fought in over two years when Naganu put him to sleep. Oh, that was bad. Oof, that was brutal. That was, that was brutal. And Naganu dominated that fight, the first round and the he second. Looked, he looked great. Yeah. He did that look was, great. That was, that was like the coming out party for Francis because he's had all these flashy knockouts, but then when he fought uh, uh, Miocic the first time, um, you know, he got fought well to a decision and it was everyone was like, well, Francis is just a power puncher. But then with that fight, it proved he was not. He's able to stay technical. He stayed composed and got the second round uh, devastating finish. Devastating. Knockout cold, okay. you know, had... Oh, um, yeah. Had had and I'm a big fan of Stipe, so to see him all folded up like that was not no. fun. Was but not. I mean, listen, you know, at the, end, at the end of the day, that's the fight game. And you know, Nagano, I'm excited to see where he goes. Um, and we'll talk more about it next week. Uh, you know, potentially future matchups and uh, what what that means for for the organization and for Francis in general. Um, but just quickly, just to to round out the top headlines of the week. Um, the tough uh, Ultimate Fighter trailer dropped a couple uh, weeks back. It's oh. releasing May 30th. Connor versus Chandler McGregor. Team McGregor versus Team Chandler. Oh man! I mean, and I'm excited. Dude. I I am so excited. Did you? I I'm sure you saw this clip and everybody watching this wherever you are. Yeah. We'll when uh over. when McGregor uh said to Chandler, you know what weight we're fighting at? And he's like uh 185, and then he's like. Oh, what a Chandler was like. He's like, well, I'll do 185, and he's like, you'll do what you're told. Yeah, like that you'll is do what that you're is told, so Connor. I oh, love it. dude, so badass. And yo, and and it's funny because the camera cuts back to Chandler's face. Exactly. I just, I just want to frame on that for a second, like right now. Yeah. And you just see him, and he's just like, 
Like, what are you going like, to say to that? He's just like, you're right. I know, <laughs> you, you know? are right. Because, like, there's nothing you can say. Like, because if you're Michael Chandler, like, you're completely, like, he's been, he's been calling for Connor since he got into the organization. Yes. So he's more than happy just to, you know, like, um, just to be, you know, to, to film this with him and fight him. Because um, I think I think a little bit. I think Michael Chandler looks up to him a little bit. I think he kind of, so. you know, a little bit of an idolization. There. He's bringing, I mean, but, Chandler already has a big name to begin with. He's fought in Alvarez. that people have yeah, really gravitated towards, especially since he's signed in the UFC. Um, I right think, after that Dan Hooker win, I feel like it's been all, like Michael Chandler's been a guy very much in the lightweight mix. And I don't know if he's the I best fighter up there, there. I especially I at this late five, in his career. He doesn't deserve to be ranked number five. No, that's no, I don't agree. But I think it, you know, it, 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 it's good for the organization. It's very good for the Then Connor's fighting the top fifth ranked fighter. He wins. Then he's, you know, yeah, he's that, getting then a title shot. He's going to get the title shot. Against it's not even, fairness isn't, that's not an option. It, it doesn't it, matter. It, it doesn't apply to Connor. Connor plays on a different set of rules. I think he does know this. But I think that, you know, I don't know if he's making 55, man. The guy was walking around 90. Oh, uh, dude. I mean, he's still... I don't know if he's... I, I, last time I, I heard, he was still not even in USADA's pooling, testing pool. So, I you know... Well, you isn't know USADA ran by the UFC? on some stuff. What? I mean, USADA's ran by the UFC. So, if Connor... I don't know if they're going to sweep him under the rug, but... Nah, Connor's nah. on something. Oh, he's Connor, on something. Connor's I don't know if it's the Roy's. Connor's on something. I don't know if he's just been drinking his milk every night, a little bit of protein shakes, looking yeah, a little right. bit of weight, but he looks brolic right now. He does look good. And I could very well see it being 170, and them fighting 170, and then being like, oh, yeah, well, he deserves a title shot at 55 now. After beating Michael Chandler at 170. I could see it. I could well, see it. I remember uh, when Kamar was champion, um, McGregor was talking about a potential... Uh, fight with Kamaru, and then he'd be the first fighter to uh, ever hold three belts. So yeah, I, I don't mean, know if that would happen if yeah. beating Chandler. I think, I think Leon Edwards would be a better matchup for Connor. I think there's a little bit of a size discrepancy, but there I think is if Leon's size. able to get past Kobe, um, you know, and you got you got Bula Muhammad on the on the doorstep. Oh my God, I forgot but, the name no, already. No, no one cares about um, you know. Remember the decision, Muhammad. Oh gosh, no one cares about that man. Not one knockout. And his entire oh, UFC career. He sucks. He, I don't he want to say he, he sucks. Doesn't, he doesn't suck, but he's, just, he's, 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 he's so he's, boring. He's so boring. It's like he sucks because he he wins, but he doesn't win in, in interesting fashion. He doesn't win in impressive fashion. He just wins. Brady you know? was his most, I guess, impressing win. And he didn't even knock him down. It was a TKO. Uh, the ref stopped it while they were both on the feet. Yeah. Now, I'm a huge Colby fan. And so I'm saying this with complete bias. Does Colby deserve the shot? No. No, he does not. <laughs> okay. His most w- okay. recent win was against Masvidal, and Masvidal's yeah. not in the uh, organization okay. I'm anymore. I'm so glad you said no, because I thought if you were about to say yes, no, and this, I have this to be podcast realistic. is going to get a lot longer. No, <laughs> no, like, no. There was a we have to be realistic. He deserves it, but it's fine, because I love Kobe, too. He's a great name. Oh. His his persona that he's put on um, in the last five years is just it's so entertaining. Um, and it's such a great story too, the Kobe Covenant story, how he was almost at, uh, when he beat, who did he beat? Damian Maya. Brazil, you're a dump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was getting cut if he didn't yeah, do something. Yeah, he, he was told before that fight, win or loss, he was getting cut. Yeah. And when he went on the mic and called Brazil, uh, what do you call it? A word dump. Exactly? He's like, all oh, yeah, you filthy animals suck. Yeah, 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 yeah like called that. Brazil a dump, you know, and called, you know, uh, said all those, those, whatever the, the those pleasant said. words, those pleasant words that came out of his, his, his beautiful mouth it's just so so well um so well articulated and spoken you know ended up saving his career and since then he's been you know one of those guys had one of the best personalities in the sport and I, absolutely you know he brings that you know that wwe vibe to you he does that really i makes... hope he beats leon and then i guess remember the decision and colby would be the fight to make yeah. i guess i mean, I mean but if connor wins at 170 and then you know imagine a connor, connor and colby Cubby, oh Cubby my Cubby god 
that press conference, I that press conference would do more pay per view. Vi- <laughs> that you, you, they could make the press conference a pay per view, and I would pay for. it. Oh, I would pay for it too. <laughs> Take my eighty bucks, please. Yeah, no, well, not I don't know about eighty dollars. Right, 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 Let's not maybe. be ridiculous here with the yeah UFC. Also, by the way, I got I got a little gripe with you guys. Why the heck are we raising the ESPN Plus prices? Every year now it's at a hundred dollars a year. Ridiculous! You'll see Fight Pass a hundred dollars a year as well, and now I gotta pay eighty dollars for a pay per view. Like, how is the common man trying to enjoy his fighting, and and trying to cover the sport? Um, you know, uh, afford being a UFC fan because you gotta yeah. get all these three things just so just to be a competent, um, you know, uh, fight fan. Yeah. And it's just it, it's ridiculous. It but that, ridiculous. that's a, Dana. What are we doing? Dana, what are we doing? Stop being so money hungry. Maybe you know, I know. care about the fans. Why eighty dollars watch five fights? I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's not crazy. It's but crazy. we'll still buy it anyway. Cause oh, uh, yes, I, I I will still buy every good one. But you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't even want to shout out the streams I use, but you know the illegal streams help out sometimes. They, for, oh, they do for fight cards that don't want to uh, that I don't want to pay for. But you know, with that, you know, um, you know, Fabian Edwards is really the only other headline this weekend. Um, one, uh, the the main event in the Bellator event, it was a it was a title eliminator against Gegard Mousasi. You know, another veteran of the sport. One via decision, it was pretty dominant. I didn't watch the fight personally. I, I didn't know if either. Did either. Um, but it sets him up for a title shot against Johnny Eblin. At Bellator Dublin, we're talking talk about the Irishman here today, uh, middleweight belt on September 23rd. So I'm excited to see. I'll probably be tuning into that one. I don't watch much uh, Bellator personally, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to 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 see that um, Johnny Eblen undefeated at 13 and 0. So that should be exciting, especially in Dublin. That should make for a great card. And I really like how, um, and it, it's 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 an idealistic way that the Bellator does it that you know it's not really realistic with the UFC and just how many fighters they have in their structure how they already have the date set yeah so it's like he already won you know so he's going to fight now on September 23rd like you have a date yes I think that's cool in the same way where, P- cool. where PFL has the the tournament mm-hmm. I like oh, that too I yes. think those are things that the UFC great. should uh should look to incorporate um but nonetheless you know, uh, Leon's brother. We could we could have two Edwards uh, with titles. Uh, I think that'd be the first uh, brother brother and brother champion. I mean, obviously they're in different organizations, but yeah. to hold belts simultaneously, that yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did. I I mean, there's probably it's probably happened more on like a regional scene or at a Maybe. organization. But it, I don't think ever before have we had. You know, when you look at the premier MMA organizations, Bellator's top top at least top five. I'd say probably top three. Um, you know, right now, so for you know, for two siblings to be the the, the best at the best at, at in two different weight classes and two different high profile, high level organizations, it's unfortunately Bellator at one eighty five does not compare to the UFC one eighty five. Oh, so. well, not even close. But if not if Avian gets the win in September, he could make the potential move to the UFC. Yeah, yeah, we've seen a lot of those the, the title holders in other um, organizations go. So I mean, listen, what what's stopping uh, Fabian? Because they they fight at different weight classes, right? They do. It'll, it'll yeah, seventy and eighty-five. Yeah, and a welterweight, so you know they, they wouldn't have to worry about that uh, situation. So I mean, it makes all the sense in the world if he's able to 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 make that fight. Maybe he jumps over to the UFC. But some guys <clears throat> like uh, Patricio Pitbull, uh, Pitbull um, he's you know he's a guy that's just a company man through and through. Same thing with uh, someone that he's fought multiple times now, AJ McKee. Another Bellator guy that's just been loyal to Bellator, and you know that's you know those guys make good money, so they why do. not? You know you don't need to fight in the UFC if you're you a fighter. At the end of the day, you're fighting for money, so you might as well fight um, where you're gonna in get an organization where you're gonna where you're gonna get paid well and treated well, and and you know and all of that. So I think that for 
for him if he went win or lost. I mean, UFC would be nice to see him in the UFC. Of course, as, as fight fans, you want to see the the best guys fighting the best guys. But at the end of the day, if, if he if he wins the title, wants to stay, I, I, all power to him. All power to him. Yeah. Like so that. now it's time to wrap up this show here, which has been. Honestly, my expectation coming into the show was we were going to have uh, weekly hour episodes. And it's I think I think every doubled. episode will be a minimum of an hour. Um, but we are now approaching two hours here. And granted, it doesn't we, feel like it, there, man. there will be some cutting down, of course. But, oh, dude, it does not feel like two hours. And we're gonna, we'll keep it brief here because this next fight night coming up next week. Oh, gosh. We'll not, get... not, not not too much to care about, you no. know. Uh, Mackenzie Dern uh, versus it's Angelina right? Hill. I'm Angela Hill. Sure. Angela Hill. I yeah. mean Johnson. Johnson's fighting. He's a dog. Michael, I love Michael. Johnson. Michael Johnson. Michael he's Johnson. What Poirier? Close fight. Well, not yeah, close. Yeah, he's he's so agent. funny because he's always uh you know Michael Johnson. He's always fighting down uh or fighting up or down to an opponent. Like he's the definition of you look at his record and he's like, wow, he really beat Dustin Poirier. He beat this guy, that guy, you know. And you're like, how'd he do that? You know, because he fights up to those high-level guys. Yeah. Then when he's fighting someone who's, like, not good, he fights down to it. Yeah, his record's so, 22 and 18. Like, that's yeah, just, uh, it's crazy. And it's crazy. He's so much better than a 22 and 18 Oh, I think fighter. so. Um, granted, he's, I think, 36 now, so he's, you know, on his, another yeah, guy yeah. on his way out. But Another uh, fighter to look out for is uh, Jaqueline Buckley. He's making the drop, actually, to welterweight from yeah. middleweight. He, he lost his last two fights at... Uh, at middleweight against Chris Curtis and Nazardine Imavov, who's fighting, um, who's he fighting? He's, he's actually fighting Curtis and coming up in June. I could be mistaken. Mm-hmm. So this is a good, uh, good fight for Buckley to get back on the rise in a new weight class. Yeah. Well, he actually fought a welterweight. I saw this from 2014 to 2018, and he got a little fat. Now he wants to cut back down. So. <laughs> We'll yeah, man, and he's a guy that I mean, he even looked in good shape and uh, at middleweight. So Shoot. he's a guy. He's a guy that's uber talented as well. I think if he's similar to that, we talked about Johnny Walker earlier in the show, where he's a guy that just needs to, um, you know, kind of kind of mature a little bit as a fighter because yes. you know he had that crazy highlight KO that everyone that spinning saw, back the oh. spinning the spinning back kick that you know I don't know if we'll we'll ever see something that you know that something like even close to that in in the octagon ever again. I don't know. Uh, but it, it was just a crazy knockout. But after that, you know, it's kind of, you know, so that was like a big hype moment. And then everyone knows his name now. But then, you know, he's kind of been a little bit of a skid. Um, so I think the move, I think it's a good decision as long as his chin holds up at uh, welterweight, you know, because some guys, they cut uh, too much weight and their chin goes with it. Yeah. Um, Gas so, too. You know, so with uh, with Buckley, if if, he, if he's able to, to keep his chin, um, I, I think it, it makes for a great fight. I think uh, Philly out gives him a great competition there. I think so. Uh, but, you know, two two other guys I want to shout out for this fight night. And we'll start with the guy who's on the prelims and a guy that um, that a lot of fight fans, very familiar name is uh, Chase Hooper. He's actually a plus 114 underdog against Nick uh, Fiore. And his last, uh, he lost his last fight uh, via first round KO. That was in October 2022. But he's a young guy that, you know, if he's able to develop his striking, because he's very ground-oriented, if he's able to develop his striking, and he did win by KO in his, uh, not his last fight, his second-to-last fight. Yep. Um, yeah, knocked out in his last fight. Yeah, he got locked out in his last fight, as I mentioned, October. Um, but if he's able to, you know, really put it together, um, you know, he's such a young guy. and I'm really 23 years old, looking yeah, at him every time, every time I see him on the fight card, I'm, I'm I you know, I circle that fight. I want to watch it. Because he's, he's a guy that, you know, he's he's improved every time we've seen in the octagon. And he's so young as well. So there's there's so much growth for him. Absolutely. And, and another guy, Edmund Shabazny, and a guy who was, who I mentioned earlier in the show, is a guy who's 
one of those guys that got, you know, favored um, by the UFC, you know, and, and um, I think was thrown into a fire a little too quickly. I know he got knocked out um, by Brunson in uh, 2021. And yep. then right after that, he got fought. He got he had to fight another killer. Who was who was the the who else did he did he did he get finished by? Because it was another it was another killer that he also got um got finished by, and it was it was just uh it was tough to watch because you know he lost three straight. Oh, Hermanson. Uh, Hermanson, yeah. And then he lost to well. Imavov, so he's yeah yeah so yeah Herm, yeah and then right after that you fight the Joker Jack Hermanson and he's no joke. No, he so, was supposed you know, to fight in June against Brendan Allen. That, that, that that's a great happen. fight. That's a good match. Would have that's good matchmaking, yeah. Um, but, you know, but he got a KO win December 2022, so got off that three-fight skid. He he's did. another guy. I think he's only 25 years old. And right 25. Now, yeah, he's an underdog against uh, Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. I've never seen Hernandez fight, but at plus 210, you got to imagine that uh, Hernandez is going to pose a little bit of, uh, a little bit of a threat to Shabazzian. But the striking looks much improved in that fight in December. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. And he's another guy that I got, you know, in, in a fight card where it's, it's there's not many big high profile names. Those are those are a couple of guys I got circled that I want to see how they fight. I would agree. Yeah, so now on to the final final segment. Let's go best bets uh, for Dern Hill. Um not one that many people are going to be betting, but if you're a degenerate like myself, you will be. Um or just a big fan. We're not degenerates. Exactly. We're just fans. We just like betting. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, you know, it's, it's fine. Harmless. Least that's, what, least that's what I tell myself. Yeah, right. <laughs> making, but um, I got I got three. I got three, and I don't know if you have any um, in on hand. I, but uh, I I like uh Mackenzie Dern uh versus Angela Hill, not Angelina, Angela. I I got it that time. Um, over four and a half rounds. Is that minus one sixty, which isn't great value? Who's favorite? Dern or Dern is right. Um, I think Dern is is a slight favorite. I I yeah. would I think. Um, Hill's fighting up in the rankings. I think Dern's ranked eighth and Hill's uh fourteenth. Yeah. So this is a big uh big step up for uh. Hill. Yeah, and I think um it and and when you look at Dern, who's who's primarily you know a a, a ground um woman, I should say. Um, you know, does primarily a lot of her work on the ground. It poses a a tough matchup for Hill, but I could very much see it um, being a being one of those kind of just like sloppy, you know, stand up fights. Mackenzie Dern can't get her to the ground, so they're just striking. So I could see a path where Angela Hill wins. So I don't want to pick the winner, but I think that this fight will go to a decision. Okay. Angela Hill has nine straight <laughs> decisions. The last oh one was goodness. a was a win in 2020 via KO. So that's nine straight decisions for her. Uh, Mackenzie Dern a little less, three straight decisions. Mm-hmm. I think she does have um. A submission win um, yeah. four fights ago, but he's coming off a loss to yeah. uh, Zan. Oh gosh, I don't know how to. Who looks fantastic? Uh, how do how do you pronounce his name? I I don't know. Xenion. I I'm butchering it. You guys Sorry, know guys. who you guys know who you mean. If yes. you don't know who he is, rumored look to it fight up, Weili Zhang. I, I yeah I gotta when, if if we cover her, we'll I'll, we'll figure out the pronunciation. Oh yes. Pre show next but, next yeah. episode. We're <laughs> next gonna episode. We're, we're gonna start with the the pronunciations. Um, you know, uh, but you know, I think those two, you know, very much decision fighter has decision written all over it. it. Not great value at minus one sixty because the sports books, you know, they, they know it's going to be a decision. Yeah. So get get your money while you can. And um, for uh, next one, Buckley versus Fellahow, I got uh under one and a half rounds. Fellahow has four of his last Ooh. fights finished by KO, um, in which he got knocked out in 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 some of them as well. Buckley, two of his last four finished by uh, KO TKO. Um, it just has uh, you know fireworks written all over it. it They're does. two guys that like to like to st- to stand and trade. I I don't foresee much wrestling in this fight. I like the under at one and a half rounds. 
I like um, that too. Which I think it's tough because when when it's when it's a three round fight and it's at one and a half rounds, it's it's like it's tough because like if, if someone gets a finish late in the second, early in the third, I don't know. You know, like I could very well see the fight ending in a finish, and I would I would bet that as well, um, just for the fight to end in a finish. Yeah. Uh, I think that's probably the the best bet, maybe honestly, than the under one and a half rounds. So you want to get want to get risky to the under one and a half rounds, but I think for the fight to finish be a KO TKO, that that that's might very be a good smart. bet as well, like but. That. Um, yeah, not all sports books are going to offer that. I know for a fact that um, the only things that are being offered in terms of for I, I bet on FanDuel, it, not nothing more than the fact that um, actually I, I'm not I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but I have my reasons for why I can only use FanDuel for now. Uh, in a couple months, I'll I'll be I'll be splurging on all of the sports books. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I know they were only offering um for for the for the finite uh just the over unders and just the um money lines so you know if you can get that at another sports book go for it and for the last one we'll keep it simple with the money line and this one is more uh me looking at uh vegas more than anything else and i got a uh, ferrera beating michael johnson just the money line straight minus 156 you think ferrera's winning that yeah ferrera coming off of three straight losses and where michael johnson has won two of his last four and is look you know still good doing so for 38 years old i think vegas knows vegas knows best I think that's something that I think everyone can agree on. Vegas knows best. So for Ferreira to um, coming off of three straight losses and to be that heavy of a favorite, minus one fifty six, it's not you know it's not in the twos, but no, that's still a significant um, amount of juice for a fight that I when I was doing my research, I thought it was gonna be a pick 'em. I thought it was gonna be minus one ten, minus one fifteen, yeah, maybe minus one twenty the guy. But for it to be minus one fifty six, that's all I need to know to to put uh, Ferreira money line. Yeah. It'd be nice to see Johnson win uh, two. Oh, I'll be rooting for Michael Johnson. Well, my won. money will be on. I Ferreira. think if he wins, he knocks him out. I uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think, think so that too. uh, you know, Michael Johnson he does have heavy hands. He does. But you got you got any best bets to, to wrap up the show? You any anyone you like this weekend to win? Uh, I'm like we mentioned earlier. I'm rooting for Buckley and Johnson. Uh, I have to look more as the week goes on into the bets as the odds change towards uh fight yeah, night. So we'll, we'll see. But I'll be betting on those two. Yeah, and Possible you know. Parlay. Possibly a little parlay, actually, always, a little sprinkle. Always. Never hits, but it's fun. <laughs> Listen, it's all fun at the end of the day. As long as you're bend your, uh, not bend your whole bank account, uh, as tempting as it may be. Oh, gosh. But, um, you know, with that, that is going to conclude episode one. Let's let's just look at the time of the... I mean, it's not going to be this long for, for the uh, actual episode, but we are now two hours and three minutes in. Look at that. I mean... If you would have told me coming into tonight for episode one, we'd be talking for two hours, I would have said you're crazy. I would have said the same thing. But, you know, but I think that just goes to show that this, where this is, uh, you know, that this is, we're, we're, we're going to be doing this for a while. We I, will. I, I when you talk about something is, you love watching, it doesn't, the time just flies by. I now. know, because we do, we do this, you know, uh, me and Aiden, you know, uh, just, just for, for, for background, Grow, growing up, when did you move to you know, I moved to Lindenhurst school, right? from Queens in uh, 2017, so starting high school. Yeah, so year. just beginning in high school, yeah. So And, you know, in that time, me and Andy were, were friends, but we were never, like, super close, no. you know? No. But just because of the sport, we have sta- we text almost every day. Yeah, I know, it's you know, awesome, it's like man. It, it's Great crazy, people it's together. Bad. It's bad. I sent you a TikTok the other day where it's like, um, it was one thing, it was like watching with your friends and gambling and stuff, and it was like that smiley face. Yeah. And the other <laughs> side was like... Uh, texting your one friend. <laughs> yeah, texting your and one I, friend every five seconds every fight night. Fight night. Oh man, Gotta I mean, love that's it, man. that's really what it is. But I mean, obviously, I mean, we weren't lying to you. Two people who love the sport, and I think we're pretty knowledgeable get about used, it. Get used to these two faces. Yes, sir. The the future the future of fight talk 
right here. Starts in this basement tonight. Yes, it does. Um, but that's going to wrap up episode one of uh, MMA on the Island pod. I'm not lying. Do you, you like that name? I love that name. MMA on the Island. I love uh, it. MMA on the Island. I yeah, love it. It's too long. Thank hey, you guys for kids. tuning in. And we'll see you yeah, next no, week. Yeah, no. We appreciate you so much. And um, in the future, just so you know, we are going to be looking to ha- have guests on the show and have fighters um, you know, that we'd like to talk to. Um, ideally, probably starting at our gym that we train at Long Island MMA. Um, get shout, LaFlair shout on here soon. Yeah. Oh, LaFlair, LaFlair will be on. Oh, absolutely. Don't worry. We'll get him on. Um, but that'll have to be for a significant, you know, we, we have to get our, our, our uh, you know, feet wet. We'll, yes, start, we'll, start, yes. we'll start with the guys that, that train under him and yes. then we'll work our way. But we'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. Don't worry. Um, so. But, you know, but you know, we do want to have guests on the show. It won't just be us rambling the whole time no. like it was today. But as, I, I hope you enjoyed regardless. And uh, that's going to do it. So thank you so much. And we will see you next week. MMA on the Island. I'm Joe Frescott. That's Aiden Williams. Take care, everybody. I hope you enjoyed. Yep. Oh, man. That was, that was awesome, we bro. We finished freaking the next day. That's so crazy. Dude.